The Late Night Alternative with Ian Lee on Talk Radio. We have ways of making you talk.
why that song popped into my head as the news was on. But suddenly, I fancied a bit of Kiss singing the Rolling Stone song, 2000 Man, and I just fit. Kath has just tweeted, and I've retweeted, a picture of of Axl Rose, but it looks nothing like it. I mean, it, you've seen it, Sam. Go and look at Axl Rose. No. I thought it was an old woman. An old woman. Good song that. It's Axel Rose. <laughs> it is. It's another one. Where? Flipping heck, man. That's outrageous. Uh, good evening, dear listener. The late night alternative with Ian Lee and Catherine Boyle. Hello. Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand. Can I just say what a massive, massive shit Boris Johnson is? And I know we don't normally, but forget the marriage stuff. My marriage broke up. Marriages break up. Right? Marriages break up. Right? And I, I, I was a little bit. Surprised that they were calling him out for that. He cheated on his wife. He's, he's cheated on people before. He's got children with different women. You know what? So did my dad. You know, my marriage. I, uh, it's a little bit. It's a little bit sleazy. But you know what? I don't really. I don't really care. Don't bother me. And the whole people are doing phone-in shows. Maybe on this station. Certainly on other stations of the weekend. Um, well, will Boris Johnson? We've never had a, d- a divorced prime minister. Oh, who cares? Haven't we? No, we haven't. We've had them who've been, you know, we've had um, single prime ministers and shagging prime ministers. We've never had a divorced prime minister. And people going, well, yeah, no, this could really scupper Boris's... Come on, man. You're having that conversation in 2018, uh, a period in our history when um, the the MPs are finally, finally talking about bringing in um, a bill that will mean you can have a no-blame divorce. Because when you get divorced, you've got to blame someone. Someone, you either have to have a blame or do what a lot of couples do and go, you, do, you, do you want to take the rap? Or shall I, I who's going to be unreasonable? Who's going to, yeah, it's, it's unreasonable or adultery, I think. There might be one more. And unreasonable is vague, as vague as anything. Because there's this poor woman who is, I think is 68, been married to her husband, I think, for 48 years mm-hmm. and doesn't want to be married to him. But he won't divorce her because he's an SH1T as well. So she has to wait. And I can't remember, and I should know all this, I think they have to have lived apart for two years and then they can get divorced. I don't know. But if she wants to get divorced, she should be able to get divorced. It's horrendous. And so in a period when and people say, oh, it's really easy to get divorced. Trust me, it ain't. Tell you what it is to get divorced. It's flipping expensive, man. Even if you're not fighting. I had another bill for a grand from my divorce solicitor. My my crime? I emailed her a couple of times and got a response. Wow! So the whole, well, can Boris Johnson really be Prime Minister if he is... Div- of course he can. Well, this is a stupid thing to say. That, that you, the, the potential next King of England is divorced. And murdered his wife. So anything... Hey, no, I'm joking, guys. We know that was the in-laws. So, so that doesn't get it at all. Right. 03444991000. No, the thing that proves what an SH1T Boris Johnson is... Did you hear his description of Theresa May's yeah. plan for... Check, uh, the Chequers' plan for Brexit? 
It's like putting a suicide vest on the country. And handing the detonator to Europe. Right. Um, And uh, didn't they start the inquest for the Westminster terrorists attack today and it wasn't a suicide no suicide vests involved there um but you know no no i don't think it was a suicide vest in manchester but it certainly was a suicide bomb so to throw around things like that you know and i'm I, the burka thing uh you know i kind of thought well that's you know i remember my dad in the 70s pointing to a woman in a burka and going oh, look son it's a, it's a walking post box i remember that it's, it's lousy and it's sneaky and it's snarky and we, we should be better than that but i also get that boris johnson um you know it likes to say things that are controversial but saying uh but comparing uh the, 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 us the brexit whatever to putting on a suicide vest also, didn't he encourage us to vote Brexit and then ran away when he got some responsibility well, handed in his direction? Here's the thing, right? Here's the thing about Boris Johnson, OK? Is he, he wants to be Prime Minister, OK? He so wants to be Prime Minister. So him getting kicked out and getting a divorce, that's clearing, that's clearing his side of the street so that when in three months, six months, a year, when he makes his stand... Um, he can, he, there's no skeletons in the closet, right? And also, he now wants, we're talking Brexit! But just because I'm really peed off with this guy. Um, he now wants Brexit to fail, because then he can, he hasn't got, he hasn't got any suggestion. If you notice, in in the, the all the articles he's written about Brexit, he's not said, here's what I would do, or why doesn't she try, he's not done that. Because he hasn't got a clue, because he knows that it can't work. He knows that it can't work. And he now wants it to be a disaster so that he can come in and go, well, she screwed it up. If I'd been in charge, um, it would have been fine. I tell you what, put me in charge and I'll make the best of it that I can. Some I heard on James O'Brien's show that um, he would rather, Boris Johnson, the uh, MP for Uxbridge, would rather be Prime Minister of um, a failed country than an mp for a thriving country you know that and that's it and but here's the worrying thing right things are about to turn things are about to turn because we all know that johnson and that lot have uh we'll do the fun stuff in a minute i promise oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand he and a lot of the tory mps have been having chats with steve bannon haven't they? They've all been hanging out and having little meetings with Steve Bannon. Steve Bannon, of course, was the guy, pretty much the brains behind Donald Trump getting into um, uh, uh, to the White House. And uh, as I saw it happen, I thought this is going to come over here. I didn't think it would come over here so quickly. Donald Trump's campaign, each um, hustings, each um, uh, speech, each... What do they call the big um, get-togethers where the people that want to vote... Conference. No, in America, the big... um, What do they call it? They call it big rally. Not rally, but anyway. Each one, he pushed it, not a little bit further, but significantly further. When he took the mickey out of that dead soldier and and laughed at the dead soldier's parents. When there was um, a disabled reporter in the front row and he did the... He did that. Mm-hmm. Remember that? He did the hands. Clapping the wrong way. And the, uh, he did that. And I watched that one. I saw that one. I thought, right, if he gets away with that, anything goes. And he got away with it. The grabbing women by the pussy. Got away with that. It was the, the mocking the, the disabled reporter was the one where I thought, right, we have just witnessed a significant turning point. Because not only was um, it unpresidential, it was 
uh, inhumane, inhuman. I always get the two slightly confused. Anyway, it was just rude. And it's the sort of thing that if one of my boys did it, they wouldn't because they're brought up properly. But if one of my boys do it, they'd be taken to one side and explained in a firm way why that was completely inappropriate and maybe you should go and apologise. And, you know, and the fact that he got away with that, it's like, right, this is this is it. He's won. And this is now how American politics are going to operate for the next 10, 15, 20 years. And my other thought was, it's going to come over here. It's going to come over here. And it has. And this is what Boris is doing. He's testing the waters at the moment. He's testing the waters. The burqa um, post box looking like thieves thing. That was just, that was like his little toe in the sea. That was his little toe. After his chat with Steve Bannon, Bannon would have said something like, The more outrageous you are, you can say anything now. You can say anything. And the more outrageous you are, the more support you will get from from the right and the far right. So the the Burka thing, eh, it's just a little little tiny toe in the water, right? The suicide bomb, the suicide vest thing, because that is an outrageous, that's a disgusting thing to say. It's disgusting because um, people, it's kind of... uh, I was going to say something. I'm holding back a bit, but it, it, people, you know, people have died because of suicide bombers in this country. We've lost kids and mums and sons and husbands and brat. We've lost people, so you can't make a flippant comment like that. And there's been a bit of backlash in the papers, but not as much as you'd expect. And I bet there's loads of people online I've not looked going. Well, he's just. In fact, someone was on Julia's show today. An MP was just well. Boris just says what other MPs are scared of saying. Well, I hope other MPs are scared of comparing, you know, a, 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 an international deal with a suicide bomb. But this is the Bannon effect, man. This is the tip of the iceberg. Boris is warming up. He is warming up. And he is going to say more. When was the, the Burka thing? Two weeks ago? G- give it another fortnight. In another fortnight from now, he'll have said something more outrageous than the suicide bomb thing. I guarantee it. I guarantee it. And the whole government... We'll do the funny stuff in a minute. The whole government is just... You can see them as a bunch of self-serving little weasels all positioning themselves for when Boris goes for um, Prime Minister and all trying to get a Brexit that works for them, right? Steve, what's his name? Steve Barker Baker. Baker, yeah. Steve Baker. What's he the MP for? It was a, somewhere in Buckinghamshire. Somewhere in Buckinghamshire. And he, you watch, he is going to start aligning himself with Boris Johnson very, very closely because he Wickham. wants... Wickham. He wants a job with Boris in the cabinet. Now, I didn't quite follow this story because I'm bored by Brexit. I know we're doing Brexit, but it got me angry. We're not doing Brexit. We're doing the fact this government is full of scumbags, right? So he's part of this agency, him and Ian Duncan Smith and these others that think that what the Prime Minister came up with in uh, Chequers, uh, the, the Brexit deal isn't, gonna, isn't great. So they've come up with their own deal and it, it, they, were, they were supposed to publish it today. And then they went, nah, no, we're not going to publish it. It's not our job. This is the thing. It's not our job to come up with alternatives. That's the Prime Minister's job. It's not our job. OK, it's not. All right, might not be your job, but you get extra credit. If you've done the homework, let's see what you've got. You, you're saying that what she's got is rubbish, and it is rubbish, but you think you've got something better? Yeah, 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 we've we got something better, but, yeah, it's not, it's not our job 
Publish the report. Nah. Now, uh, Steve Baker is a slimy little SH1T as well, and I'll tell you why. I interviewed him four years ago, four and a half years ago, when me and Kath worked at BBC Three Counties. It was a pre-record. He wouldn't come on live. It took a bit of effort to get him on the show, and we had to pre-record it. We had to stick around all day to speak to him. Um, Kath sat in the studio with me, and it was about this school, Penn School, right? Penn School was this school in Buckinghamshire near uh, Beaconsfield. Uh, I drive past it sometimes now. Um, And it was for kids with very severe disabilities. So blind kids, deaf kids, severe learning difficulties. I mean, really severe learning difficulties. And it was very small um, uh, number of people there. Beautiful grounds, beautiful old building, wonderful, wonderful place. Um, And it changed people's lives. Changed people's lives. And due to uh, mismanagement... Um, you know, th- th- there is an argument that the-, the trustees at this place perhaps were allowing it to be run into the ground. and, and But that's one theory, whether that's true or not. Uh, but um, that this school was getting closed down, OK? And there were campaigns to save it, and, and th- but it was getting closed down. And so we on the show, being a local radio station and, and you know, genuinely being concerned for these parents and these kids, we spoke to a lot of the parents. Uh, couldn't speak to any of the trustees. They refused to come on. Instead, they threatened us with legal action for talking about them and then hired a PR firm to deal with their, their PR. Instead of talking to us, um, refused to come on and, and got nasty. All right, fair enough. We managed, after a long hunt, to get Steve Baker MP for Wickham, where Penn School was, to come on and talk about it. And in the course of the interview... It transpired, and it was just three and a half years ago, so I'm a little bit hazy on the facts, but it transpired that he knew the school was closing several months before the parents did. He had been told by, I think, the head teacher or one of the trustees that the school was closing several months, four, five, six months, something like that, wasn't it, Kath? Yeah, it was. That the school was closing. And I said, "Um, why didn't you tell any of the parents? What was his reason for it? He, he, did, he didn't have a reason for no, not telling I the parents. I remember we had a lot of attitude, but... I... Well, he, he would... He, I said, what was the reason for not telling the parents? Well, I didn't think it was appropriate. Well, hang on a minute. You're the MP. First of all, he denied that he knew. Denied that he knew. Then he admitted. You're the MP for these. And a lot of the kids come in from out of the area, but it's the schools in you. You've got a lot of your, your people who voted for you. Your constituents are in there. Why would you not tell them, knowing that if they knew earlier, they could mount a stronger campaign to keep it... Or, 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 and they could start looking for other schools. Because some kids had to go hundreds of miles to get replacement schools. That was a scandal. Some, had to, some were put in, in um, uh, your regular schools, which was inappropriate for them and for the other kids. And some had to go hundreds of miles away, right? Why, why did you not tell these parents? Because they could have mounted a good campaign or they, oh, and they could have started looking for another school. Well, I didn't, I didn't think it was appropriate. And then when we kept pushing this point... He then spent the rest of the interview having a go at me and the BBC, which is who we were working for. Having a go. He turned the interview because it wasn't a cuddly, well, hey, Steve, it's great to have you on. Thanks so much for giving us the. T- no, no, no. We went straight in. So he turned the whole interview into an attack on the BBC because he'd been caught out lying because he said he didn't know about it, then he admitted he did. He'd been caught out, and he wasn't getting away with his usual 
load of old flannel. We weren't doffing our caps and uh, looking down at the floor. We were staring at him. It was on the telephone, but we were metaphorically staring him in the eye. And every time he took a step forward, instead of us stepping back, we took a step forward till we were metaphorically nose to nose. So every time I see Steve Baker, MP, doing something, I always think, I didn't like you. When I spoke to you, there was a very dark vibe, and you lied to me, and you betrayed severely disabled kids with severe learning difficulties. You betrayed them and their parents. So I don't trust you. I expect you could quite happily betray your constituents again and your country... If it meant you got, what, foreign secretary? Well, maybe that's a bit much for him. Health secretary? Could be. He's not in the cabinet now, is he? He was, some, he was, he was David Davis's assistant for Brexit, I think. But he's not in the cabinet. But imagine, imagine he could be, he could be health secretary. Education secretary! This is what we're looking at, right? What you're seeing now is your government not giving a stuff about you. They don't care about you, man. They care about themselves. They care about what jobs they're going to get when Theresa May is out in three, six, eight months. I give it... When is March? We've got October, November, December, January, February, March. Six months she'll be out. Six months, right? They're all scrabbling around trying to uh, uh, sort out their jobs for when she's gone. Boris is looking like the stronger uh, runner at the moment, so some of them are kind of aligning themselves with him. That's what they're doing! And generally, I don't give a stuff about politics. I find it boring and I find it dull and it has very little immediate impact on me. But when I see these rich... Now, that's a problem being rich, but they've got more money than I'm going to have or you're ever going to have. So when Brexit does hit you in the pocket, it's not going to hit them. It doesn't doesn't affect multimillionaires quite so much. But you see these rich, self-serving people sucking each other off to get the best jobs that they can for themselves, lining their own pockets. It really, really annoys me, man. It really annoys me. In a minute, I'll tell you what happened to me at a car boot sale this weekend. This is the Late Night Alternative with Ian and Kath, 0344 This is Talk Radio. A star-crossed soapbox for sailor boys, stable girls... And stripper grands. It depends who you with and it depends on the situation. Late Night Speech Radio with a difference. Thank you. The Late Night Alternative with Ian Lee on Talk Radio. It was the TV Choice Awards today. I, I chose not to go. I was invited. Um, but I'm a celebrity one. I won that. I won that award. Did you win? Apparently so. Um, best um, reality show set in a jungle. Won that. So that's good. Um, 03444991000. Another thing! I'm angry today. I'm just testing to see what it would be like if I did a real show. Um, what's all this rollocks? Saw a bit too much in the first half hour, I get told off. About Serena Williams. I don't follow the tennis. But I, I, I followed this because... Well, obviously, I saw it afterwards. That she had got, she was in a final against a Japanese player. Mm, I Osaka, believe. yeah, Naomi right. Osaka. Um, uh, and um, it was the final, and she got accused by the referee. Is that what we call umpire? 
umpire, umpire yeah. The umpire of, of coaching. The referee was the grey-haired bloke that came okay. on afterwards. So she got accused of coaching, which is where the coach sits in the um, audience and kind of tells her what to do. She got accused of that and lost a point. And I'm kind of thinking... She's Serena. She, I don't know much about sport, right? But I know that she is pretty much unbeatable and is one of the best tennis players in the world, male or female. She's just got the skill, the strength, the brains. She's got it, right? She's one of the best tennis players of all time, right? And she, 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 I, I find it hard to accept that she would need little hand signals. That Remember that? We've got to think about the racist hand signal as well. He little, did the two thumbs up. Right. Little hand signals from the coach. She's like, I can't imagine Serena Williams on a tennis court going, man, I'm just, I'm out of ideas. Let me look at, oh, Steve's given me, he's sent me to do the old two, three, two. Okay, right. Going to, to I just can't imagine her doing it, right? Because she is, she's, she's a phenomenon. I mean, how long has she been, her and uh, Venus, isn't it, her mm-hmm. sister? They've been at the top of the, the game 18 years, I want to say, a long, long time. And she's been training for this since she was a kid. Now, is Serena the one that's just had a baby? Yes. Right. Okay. Um, so she gets Dr. Point, right? And she has a go at the umpire. It's not particularly sport, sportsman, sportswoman. Actually, do- look at sportsmen. Well, yes, yeah, it is. exactly. Well, it's not particularly sporting. That's the phrase. It's not particularly sporting. But, yeah, I grew up watching Jimmy Connors when he was a bad boy before he became a good boy. And um, uh, uh, McEnroe, John McEnroe. And their whole shtick... Was was throwing their tennis rackets around and shouting. That was their act. That's what made them stars. And uh, being uh, beyond Borg as well. Becca used to do it. Becca used to lo- lose his temper. Now I've not seen tennis for a long time, so I don't know if, if players still do it. But but that certainly yeah was, they do. Nadal does that, it really. Okay, right. Thank you. So that was certainly the act. So she was furious at being called a cheat. So she's calling the umpire a thief. You stole a point from me. You're a thief. You're a thief. Well, she was also furious about being branded a cheat. I am not a cheat. I don't yeah. need to cheat, she yeah. said. And this went on for quite a bit of time during the game. And then there was a little bit more argy-bargy. We watched, we watched kind of the highlights of it, me and Kath, before the show. It's incredible. Absolutely incredible to see um, such righteous indignation. Right. And then she has another go at him. And they just as they go, the two players are going onto the court, and so he then says in French. I guess it was the French Open, was it? He says it in French. Maybe it was Canada. I don't know. He maybe it was Quebec. He says um, in French. I think it was American. Why did he say it in French? He's Spanish. Maybe it was. Oh, maybe an he said it, he said it in an accent. All right. So anyway, he says, "Um, okay, you've just lost this game." Uh, you, um, you, you're losing a game. I'm taking a game. So the game, she loses a game. Game penalty. So it was like five four, I think, and then it became five three, and she's like, "What?" And she goes, she goes bananas, absolutely furious at him. Right, for, you're taking a game away from me. You just took a point, and now you're taking a game. And then the judge comes out onto the court, and and she's going, "You can't do this." Now here's my thinking, right? We've seen men doing this. That that seems an unfair... The, the point being taken away, the umpire made a call. Was it the right call? I don't know. The umpire made a call. I find it very hard to think that she would cheat that way. Almost impossible to believe that. But he made a call. Okay. But then to take away a game because she was losing her temper? I, 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 and we said, 
men have done this famously, historically, throughout... Oh, three, four, 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 nine, nine, one thousand. If you know more about this and you think I've got this wrong. Men have done this. This, to me... Some people are saying it was a racist thing. I don't know. I don't know. The umpire was white. She's black. I don't know. I would certainly say it was a sexist thing. That what, what was you say, Kath, about um, how you were described at work? Petulant. Petulant. Mm-hmm. And why was this? Um, because the boss had... Um, well, we'd had a, a meeting before before this other meeting that I was expected to attend. And I felt like I'd been treated unfairly. I didn't throw anything. I didn't swear. You know, and I've seen both things happen in the office with male presenters. Well, people throw. I, I saw when I was there. People, people you told me people throwing chairs this around. This was when I was a presenter, so and I was presenting drive time. So you know, that's sort of second highest in the pecking order, really, yep, isn't yep. it? You know, if you look at radio stations, I didn't swear anything, but I sat there in the meeting and I was f- furious, and they could tell. And afterwards, I got called in by the deputy boss and ticked off. For being petulant. So it's think, like, well, hang on a minute. At that point, I was like a 30-odd-year-old woman. Mm. And I hadn't shown off, you know, I hadn't shown up or anything, you know, acted out or anything. I was just, I was furious and I was holding it in. But told off for the look on my face. Men getting angry, losing their temper, their characters, they're forceful, they know what they want. Assertive. They are assertive, they are determined. Women doing it, they're aggressive, they're bitches, they're petulant. Uh, and at the end of this match, and we didn't watch this, but again, I read it. Apparently, both the players, it was really emotional because Osaka won. Yeah. And um, she felt like she hadn't won it justly. And Serena Williams um, felt that she had been robbed, but also felt that the drama had taken away from Osaka's win. The crowd was booing. Yeah. And she, she was like, look, this is this is now her moment, and I'm happy for it to be her moment. Let's not spoil she put it. put her arm around her. Um, and they, they were both crying. And then there's loads in the papers taking the mickey out of them for crying. For crying. <laughs> now, bloke cries. Some people think he's a weak pussy. Some people think, gosh, what a, what a, what a guy being able to show his emotions. It's a real man. Passion. Really showing uh, the alternative side. A woman cries. Oh, for goodness sakes. You're on your period. Come on. Come on. But wipe your mate. Come on, love. It is outrageous. There was the story. We didn't do it. And it fascinated me. Um, and I checked out pictures, not for mucky reasons, for research. About a month ago of the woman tennis player, whose name I don't know, who was fined... Was she fined financially or fined points because she changed her shirt on the court? She was certainly fined one in one of those ways. I think it might have been money. Uh, and she, I think it was a few thousand dollars. She was fined because she changed her shirt on the court. And um, the argument was, well... And I heard it on, again, phoning shows, well, men do this all the time. Yeah, well, it's different for women. It's different for... Men do this... Yeah, but it's different for women. And I thought, well, maybe it is different for women. So I went and looked at the pictures. And what they hadn't made clear was she turned with... She stood in front of a wall. So she's facing a wall with her back to the crowd. And she's wearing a really massive sports bra. You know, so it's not... People were phoning saying, well, it could be argued that it's sexual. You couldn't see her boobs. And she had a massive sports bra. Hey, if she had been facing the other way, do you know what? She still shouldn't have been fine. You know, it does seem a little bit one-sided. But the fact that she had made the effort and she was wearing underwear that made it impossible to get any kind of sexual thrill from it or see any kind of flesh beyond the top of her back and, and the kind of base of her back, 
and she got fined for it. And it does seem... I don't know if it's tennis in particular that is especially old-fashioned and sexist. I don't know. Or if it's still the world that is that is out of date. I think maybe it's the world that's out of date. But it's just nuts, isn't it? An interesting point made by the Washington Post that I read over the weekend was talking about Ramos himself, the umpire. Yeah. He's got form for for being spoken to by um, by tennis players in a way that, you know, in the way that Serena did. Difference being, um, when Nadal in the French Open in 2017 was levelled with a ticky-tacky penalty over a time delay and Nadal told him he would see to it that he never refereed one of his matches again... Nothing happened. And that's what she said, Serena Pretty said much, to this guy. Yeah. You'll never refer me, you'll never give me or take another point from yeah. me ever again. Um, and it's just, those two stories, it's got me so angry. And there have been loads of blokes opining about this one and saying that, you know, oh, she's playing the woman card. She's playing, you know, and afterwards in the press conference, they said, would you change anything? And she refused to relent on it. And she just said, you know, that it, she, she just felt like she was unfairly treated. Um, and she has to speak up on behalf of other women and that her going through this will make, make sure it's different for other women. And loads of blokes coming out, uh, and a couple of women, um, the usual suspects, s- saying that, you know, it was an attitude problem and this is just to cover up for her um, being spoiled, etc. Again, do they call men spoiled Spoil- and talk no. about them having attitude problems when they behave like that? Um if Billie Jean King sees she's got a point, yeah. I'm with Billie Jean King. That was the point for me. I, 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 I kind of respect her. And she came out and said, yeah, this is, seems a bit unfair. That's when my ears pricked up and went, oh, OK. She so, knows more about it than and, I do. And, 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 yeah, because I don't know much about the sport, so the story been bubbling along in the background. We'll do the fun stuff in a minute. I guarantee it. Just angry. Oh, 03, scared all the callers off. Oh, 03, 44, 499, 1000. This is Talk Radio. Experience the unconventional, the unpredictable, and the completely unorthodox with rule-free Ian Lee. The Late Night Alternative with Ian Lee. I've got no internet for the last four days. On Talk Radio. Um, You say Matthew Wright today was saying, what was he saying? He was talking about how exploitative Big Brother had become. Oh, unlike his tawdry little TV show that he doesn't do anymore. Okay, right, interesting. Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand is the telephone number if you want to give us a call. Here's something exciting I'm working on, right? So the weekend, my friend Simon came over to stay and we just watched movies. Went to Car Boots, had a roast dinner and watched movies. And we watched two movies, The Room, starring, I think it's pronounced Tommy Wiseau, but I'm never quite sure, so please, feel free to correct me. And then we watched um, the, the, the James Franco film about Tommy Wiseau, right? If you don't see in the room or you don't know the story behind it, so Tommy Wiseau is this this um, guy. No one knows how old he is, where he's from. He's got long black hair, and he wanted to be an actor, couldn't get a job, so he made a movie on his own. He wrote it and directed it and produced it and starred in it. It cost about $6 million to make. No one knows where he got the money from. And um, it's it's kind of like Plan 9 from Outer Space. It's It's a famously bad film. And I hadn't seen it. I'd seen the James Franco film about him. But I hadn't seen the Tommy Wiseau The Room. Have you seen it, Sam? It's a good film. It's not a good film. It's a bad film. It's great. Anything for you, baby. Hi, doggy. Um, and we watched it. And I was thinking, oh, we'll give this ten minutes and then I'll get the joke. It'll be fine. But it was fascinating. Absolutely fascinating. And then we watched the James Franco film afterwards. I know controversial decision, James Franco these days, but I wanted to see the film. My friend Simon hadn't seen it and I wanted to see it immediately after watching that. And it's an incredible story. Um... So I said to Simon last night, I'm going to try and get Tommy Wiseau 
on the show. He said, good luck with that. I said, yeah, we'll have a go. So I got into work and I thought, oh, Tommy will say, let me Google, see if he's on Twitter. So I found his Twitter and the first tweet was from, from well, probably two hours ago now, but at the time it was from 43 minutes before I got there saying, I'm in London. What? And I, I thought, Tommy, I'm in London. So we I then went on, uh, Googled him. He's in London. He's in London. They're showing at the Prince Charles Cinema in uh, Leicester Square. They're showing The Room with Tommy Wiseau there to kind of do a Q&A afterwards. I'm thinking maybe next Sunday, if I get rid of the boys early enough, maybe we go Sunday night. Um, and I'm like, this is, this is incredible. So I've tweeted Tommy. I've tweeted his friend Greg, who also stars in The Room. And I've tweeted and emailed the Prince Charles Cinema. And Greg got back to me and said, email this person to try and sort it out. So there is a strong chance. And I know this won't mean a lot to many of you. But there is a chance that we're going to get Tommy Wiseau on the show this week. There is a chance. Unlikely he's going to be live in the studio because he's doing screenings um, all over the place. Uh, all throughout the week. Sorry, at the Prince Charles Cinema. But I've said, look, I'm in, I'm in London on Wednesday and I'm in London on Thursday. Uh, I'm happy to meet these guys anywhere and chat to them. Oh, sugar, I haven't got my Zoom. I haven't got my new one yet. Can you bring your Zoom in? Yes. Um, to chat to them. Cause, uh, so, fingers crossed, Tommy Wiseau is going to be on uh, the show. It is an incredible... Let me find you a little bit of dialogue uh, from the room. Tommy Wiseau. Listen to this. This is this is uh, this is great. So he's 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 just been told that his girlfriend has been telling people that he's hit her. Right. So he goes out onto the roof, and the first few lines are a, a soliloquy, and then he spots someone. Hit her. It's not true. It's bullshit. I did not hit her. I did not. Oh hi, Mark. <laughs> hi, Johnny. What's up? I have a problem with Lisa. She said that I hit her. What? Well, did you? No, it's not true. Don't even ask. It's, uh, it, you, you, you've got to see it. It's an incredible movie, so fingers crossed. Um, and if you want to tweet Tommy and Greg and the Prince Charles Theatre saying, please make this happen, then that might help. Um, be polite. Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand. Good evening, Sean. Good evening, good evening, Kath. Hey, Sean. Sean. Welcome to the show. What can we do for you this evening? Yeah, it's about the uh, Serena Williams uh, thing. Yeah, go on. Um, so this, obviously, this incident happened yesterday, um, and I was kind of a bit taken aback when I first saw it. So with things like this, I tried to look at different articles and try and find sort of a balance, sort of, you know, view eventually. Yeah. And I, I just can't seem to get away from just finding what the way she acted a little bit sanctimonious. We've, we forgot and to mention, by the way, she did smash her tennis racket. We didn't did. mention that. Yeah. Yeah, go on. Why sanctimonious? Well, it's because, I mean, to show a little bit of tennis sort of thing on this. So she got done for a court violation. In tennis, um, you are not supposed to speak to your coach at all, full stop. Right. Otherwise, you risk getting penalised, and she did the racket thing as well. So the umpire was well within his rights to do what he did. He was completely following well, protocol. She contested yes. the first violation, though, didn't she? She did, yeah, um, but because it was a mixture of the racket and incident no, and also no, straight, looking at the coach. Stra- straight after the coach thing, that was before the racket. Yeah. Oh, yes, sorry, yes, what you mean, yeah, sorry. So, but, but, but also, the, Sean, I've seen blokes do worse than that. 
Well, well, I was going to say as well, um, there's just an example of a player, uh, a men's player called Nick Kyrgios, and he's um, quite well known for doing things like this, and he has had a go at a lot of umpires, and he gets, you know, fined. He gets deducted points and matches as well. I just feel that Serena just, she just had is a... He, is, he sanct- is he sanctimonious? Um, well, hmm. Well, I mean, I suppose you have to balance it with both things. I mean, is is both... he sanctimonious when he does those things? I guess so, yeah. In heat of the moment, he's angry at what's happened to him, even if he's wrong. It, like how how understanding of you. It, it's really interesting, though, that you are... Um, you're kind of defending him. You had to hesitate. No, 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 no. No, hang on a second. Listen, I'm not having a go. We're having an interesting discussion. I'm, I'm really okay. glad you called up, so I'm not having a go, I promise. But the, um, the, 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 without, that you came in straight with she's being sanctimonious, and with him you had to hesitate and think, well, mm, uh. And it sounds to, to my unsporting ears that you're kind of giving excuses for his behaviour, but yet you, you're not accepting, you're not doing the same thing for her behaviour, and I wondered why. Well, just to make clear, if he did exactly the same thing as Serena did and the same outcome happened with the umpire, then I would be on board with that because they're both players did exactly the same thing. Yeah. They both should get penalised exactly the same. Right. Um, I just feel that Serena was completely in the wrong and she has no defence for what she did because she knows the rules of tennis and she got done for tennis-related things. And I just think... She was losing the match. It's a little bit sour grapes. She wasn't the first, though. You know when you're talking about the the coaching thing, you're saying that Mm -hmm. she she was caught out. The point is she didn't think she'd been caught out. And that's where it all began. So if you dispute something, you're allowed to say, aren't you? Because the male players do. You can dispute something. And a lot of tennis players will dispute many things in the match. But you can't shout like she was an umpire. I mean, put yourself in the umpire's shoes as well. Like, you know... You, he shouldn't be shouted at like that. If I'm also... rugby, there's a bit more respect in tennis than, say, football. There should be that sort of respect boundary. All right. They're also not supposed to insert themselves in the game to the extent where, you know, they, they influence the whole thing, are they? Umpires? Uh, are you referring to an incident from last week, was it? No, I'm sorry. What did you call me? Oh, no. No, no, no. I said, were you referring to an incident from last week? Because no. there was another incident with no. an umpire where... No, no I was on. talking about how he let her go on and then he took another point, that, and then he. Um, so she was upset about the um, the perceived coaching. He let her go on. Then was it then that he took the game point, or was that the final straw? Was that the game point? I can't remember which. That one was, it was the final straw. Yeah. So right. he would have said court violation, right. and then he says deduction of game point. Yeah. But I've I, never, I I've never seen, a, I've never seen a game be taken away before, though. Yeah, it happens. Yeah, that's what I mean. It's but I don't think. But it doesn't. But yeah. It do, yeah, but it doesn't happen. It, it, I've seen men getting angry, and the very few times I've watched tennis, boring, silly game. But the very few times I've seen men getting angry, and I've not seen them have a game taken away. Yeah, it, it does happen. Yeah, when? tell me when. Because, well, I can't think of a specific mm. example, but it, it does happen. I, I promise you, it does. Also, because right... it's Serena Williams, it's you know, it's going to be high profile. Um, it's a U.S. Open final, um, you know, which is a major tournament. Also, I don't think she was screaming and shouting the way I've seen fellas scream and shout. She was running her mouth for sure. 
But I've seen men shouting. Oh, she was shouting. She I was, don't think she was... No. Not like uh, McEnroe used to do it from across the court. Yeah, well, I don't know if it'd be more intimidating doing it at the base of the umpire throne. Oh. I don't know. She was shouting, definitely. It, it wasn't feel... mic'd up, so it was definitely yeah. shouting. But I, I do... I think it appears to me that the umpire inserted himself into the game and he came across as being, in my opinion, from the, from what I've seen, and I've seen all of the shouty bits, um, quite undignified. In my day, But the umpire would just kind of sit there and just stare ahead if they were getting rollicked like that. Should he not have just done that? Should he not have just... Or even, she was asking, could he not have apologised for, for that? I mean, saying, look, this is what I think. I apologise if you're offended, but this is what happened and this is the score. Let's play on. He didn't even do that. I think he did I, handle it very badly. I think it was in he could have handled it because I think Serena took it very personally. No, but he's no, not, it's not no, but, protocol. No, but it's not the only way he could have handled it. He could have, he could have either um, gone into just staring straight ahead mode and ignoring her, or he could have, um, he could have said sorry that she was so upset, but that was his decision. Now, he didn't seem to do that, either of those things. I see what you're saying. I, I, I feel like I'm repeating myself. I don't mean to do it to annoy you, but he he has a rule to follow. He he has a boss as well, and he has rules to follow. But, but, so, right. but him following those rules doesn't exclude either of those two options that I've given. So saying that that was he did the only things he could do. Well, I've given two other options that would still fall within the rules of tennis, wouldn't they? I. So, yeah, I see, I see where you're coming from. I mean, you might have another umpire who's very, very reserved in comparison, but that same umpire still would have had to give her a core violation. Here's the thing. Billie Jean King knows better than me. She knows better than Ian. I would suggest well, she probably knows better than you what goes on. <laughs> and she backs Serena. And when you saw the, ref, the referee come on to talk about the decision, he didn't, he didn't say she was wrong. I kind of buy the Billie Jean King thing, Sean. Don't you? What what is what horse has she got in the race? Well, I mean, yeah, obviously she's a very you know experienced tennis player, and you know, I, you know I respect a lot of things she says and what she's done for tennis. Um, I honestly really feel strongly that it it was just a case of sour grapes. But but, 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 but okay, but but what, again, but go back to the Billie Jean King thing. What what horse has she got in the race? What what benefit has she got coming out? And, and siding with Serena Williams. I kind of have to trust... I trust her as an expert, as a, a, a world tennis champion and as a woman. Um, she knows that situation better than any of us. So so what? why would she come out on Serena Williams' side? Because she's got a vagina? Is that it? Or because she saw something that you haven't been able to see? Well, I, I, yeah, I understand. It, it's her opinion, yeah. and it's got every right. But but to but, say but, it. but no but, no, but her agree. opinion. But but it's not just like it's not just like it's you're phoning. Hang on, hang on. It's not just you you going. Well, the, the woman who just called in that's her opinion. She's Billie Jean King, man. She's got it, her opinion holds infinitely more weight than mine or yours or Kath's. Yeah, and that's fine. That's fine. And if if you guys, you know, if you but agree with her, but, but I'm asking you the question: what yeah. what horse has she got in the race? Why would she side 
what can we think of any reasons why she would side with Serena Williams if that's not what she truly, truly believed? Um, I, I guess not really. I, I mean, okay, all right, Sean. Thank you very much indeed. Let's go to Simon. Evening, Simon. Hello, guys. All right, uh, all right, mate. What you got? Right, I'd like to make a statement and then a question. Oh, where you go? The statement is this. Your opening monologue yeah. was epic. You're correct. Well done. It took me weeks of if practice. If I wasn't driving, I would have risen off my backside and stood okay. to listen to that. That was amazing. Thank the you. Question I've got, yes. The question I've got is... We all know, and what you said is one hundred and ten percent correct. And we all know it. What can we do about it, man? Well, I had a few suggestions, but it turns out they're illegal. You can't, oh, yeah. you can't kill them. Um, See now, I don't know where you would stand on this. I personally don't vote. Now that is my vote because I don't like the system, and I don't want any of them having any influence over me. Now, obviously, I'm a minority, and there are a lot of people that would recoil in horror at that prospect. But if you continue to vote, nothing will ever change. And if you're all very well saying, well, I voted for Green... Yeah, but if you stop stop voting, nothing will change. Nothing changes either way. Whatever you do... Here's the answer to your question. Is it pre-recorded news, Sam? Here's the answer to your question. We can't do anything. If you vote, nothing changes. If you don't vote, nothing changes. We, we can't do anything. They're playing out their little Game of Thrones. It's nothing to do with us. But, but if you don't vote, then does the whole system not collapse? No, of course not. The, the same people stay in, and it, it, it's everything... Of course it doesn't... The system doesn't collapse. Just because you don't so vote. Nobody, You're stuck with the status quo. Voted, if nobody in the country voted... Say, say there's a general election, right? Right. If nobody in the country bothers to vote, yeah, what would happen? Nothing would happen. Everything they they think that you're happy with the status quo. Nothing would happen. So then, should there not be a a box on the ballot paper that says none of the above? What's, what is that going to do? It's not going to do anything. Voting doesn't change any, anything. Not voting doesn't change anything. The only th- you, here's the thing. You want to know what changes things? A violent revolution. I'm not condoning that, but that's the only thing. And you'd need to get half the population on your side. Well, that's the only thing. A violent, a violent revolution is. But then, what do you replace what we've got with? A military, a military uprising, a military coup. I don't well, want soldiers in charge. In future, yes, I am going to vote, and I'm going to vote Caddick. Oh, for God's God. sakes, man! Then we're all doomed, Simon. You don't care about this country. You're a tra- you're a traitor. This is Talk Radio. The Late Night Alternative with Ian Lee on Talk Radio. We have ways of making you talk. Tu m'as dit, 
j'ai rendez-vous dans un sous-sol avec des fous qui vivent la guitare à la main du soir au matin. Alors je t'ai accompagné, on a chanté, on a dansé et l'on n'a même pas pensé à s'embrasser. Oh, So I've just gone. I've, I've just gone to the Talk Radio Facebook page. I could pop there from time to time, right? Because I'm getting some tweets about. Obviously, what um, Julia was talking about, about Boris, kind of all saying, all being pro-Boris. I'm thinking, gosh, OK. So you go to the talk radio page, and this is it, you see. This is it. This is it! Was Boris right, this is talk radio, was Boris right to say Theresa May has wrapped a suicide vest around the British Constitution and handed the detonator to Brussels? Ten, ten comments. Um, Daniels Ogaby says, yes, he was right. Lisa Marshall says, Boris for Prime Minister. Daphne McCowan says, yes! Timothy West says, Boris for PM. Paul Bradley says, yes, Boris is right. May has sold out the UK to her EU paymasters. And James says, Boris is a deekhead. So, most of those people saying, yeah, Boris is right to say that. That that, that language is now acceptable. That's, that's the, one, this is the genie out of the bottle, right? That genie is out the bottle. That language is acceptable. It's now acceptable to make throwaway comments about suicide bombers and suicide vests. That's now acceptable to do that. What's the next, what's the next thing? Again, isn't it interesting as well, both of Boris's, Boris Johnson, I got, stop calling him Boris, because that is all part of the, um, the, the cuddlification of the, of the absolute arse of a man. Boris Johnson, the MP for Uxbridge, both of his outrageous comments have been connected to Islam. Both of them. The burqa, worn predominantly by is, uh, Islamic women, and suicide vests, something that we, we associate with Islamic extremists. Isn't that interesting? Both of them connected with Islam. This is it, man. We're doomed. We are doomed as a society. Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand. Kath found a really good story. Have you got the story in front of you? I have. Do yeah. it. This is great. This is great. I'm so looking forward to this. Bit. Okay. So here's the your water. yeah. Here's the title. Go on. Bereaved woman who believes mum was reincarnated as a robin, backed up by expert who used to be an alien. Now, I mean, that's a headline. That is a headline. This is in the Daily Mirror. It's a great Mirror. story. Go on. Wendy Fry has acted on the advice given by the robin and Nicholas Ojula used to be a man, a woman, a transgender, I mean, a cheater and a falcon. Sorry? Yes. Okay. A bereaved woman believes her mum was reincarnated as a robin and communicates to her telepathically. Wendy Fry has even acted on the advice given by the robin, who's visited her on three occasions. There was some scepticism online, but she was backed up by reincarnation expert Nicholas Ojula. Nicholas said he discovered his various reincarnations at the age of 17, which include a man, a woman, a transgender... I mean, are we saying transgender man or woman? No, well, transgender is... is we, we say separately now. A cheater, a falcon, or even an alien. Yeah. 
this is an incredible story, and I'm absolutely thrilled to say we've got Nicholas Ajula on the line now. Good evening, Nicholas! Good evening. It's lovely to speak to you guys. Hey, hey listen, I, I'm so thrilled to speak to you, and we're going to plug your website, we're going to do all of that stuff. Uh, I promise you, I promise you. So, guys, if you're listening at home, get a pen and paper, uh, or, or get your phones and computers at the ready. Now, N- Nicholas, first of all, tell me yes. about um, uh, uh, past lives. When did you... When did you, in this life, I guess, um, get into it? And, and, and how did you How did you kind of... I don't know how to phrase a question here. How did you first get involved in past lives? Well, it all started when I was kind of 17. You know, I was studying for my A-levels. I'd kind of had this really kind of conventional life. And then one evening, kind of fell into this trance state, you know, kind of learning meditation. And I just had these, these vivid flashbacks. And, you know, I, I remembered life of a man a woman a transgendered soldier and you know being on an, in another part of the universe being an animal and it you know it was just this instant realization this inner feeling that you know what these flashbacks were me but it was the same soul but i'd been in different places had different experiences in different bodies um wow that, that's really it was just kind of an instant realization and, and, and could, a lot of go ahead so no sorry to interrupt me because honestly i find this fascinating so did you you, you you suddenly got awareness of all these existences at the same time, did you? Yes, it was, it was, it was kind of... It's like a, it's like going to a cinema, really. It was, it was all in my mind. I could just see these various little flashbacks. It was just this instant knowing. And it, and over the years, I have done, you know, further kind of self-hypnosis and regression work on myself to get further information. Yeah. But that's kind of where it all kind of began for me and you know what the next day I left my conventional education so to speak and I trained as a regression therapist and I spent the past 13 years you know researching various kind of reincarnation cases as well. Hang on so, so what you were 17 and what were you at college or, or sixth form or something? I was sixth form so I was studying for my air levels. I remember economics the next day. And oh mate. Do you know what? There's, there's, there's more to this universe, there's more to this life than economics. So I walked out and never came back much to my mother's dismay. I was going to say, what did your mum say? She must have been furious. You're doing what? You're giving up economics to do what, Nicholas? <laughs> so at that time, it, it, you know, it, but, you know what? I'm one of those people that's quite stubborn. If I made my mind about something, do you know what? That's it. So yeah. that was, oh, it, good it was for definitely you. A, a chapter, a new chapter in my life. Where did you? Where did you go? To learn, to learn, you get the yellow pages and go right. Past life. How did you find a teacher or, 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 or someone to help you? Well, I actually trained as a hypnotherapist because actually, you know, when when I help people to access these past life memories, we are using hypnosis. We're using the altered state of consciousness. Yeah. Um, so you know, my first state was to train as a kind of hypnotherapist, and it all kind of began began from there from working with with people, and it kind of you know word of mouth, and it grew over a period of time to the extent that you know I started using it in a therapeutic way. So, you know, these days people may come with fears and phobias, or they might come with relationship blocks, or even chronic health issues, and you know, often. People can remember these as being imprints and experiences from a past life. Because you know, if we believe we lived before, yeah. surely you can understand that the experiences of the past will somehow affect you today. Especially when your childhood or recent years can't explain where these patterns come from. Yeah, I see. I know it's on your website that you and you just kind of hinted at it there. That so, if I had like a physical illness now. Yeah. It might yeah. be connected to what, like the past life, or, or, or yeah. pre- any pre—excuse me, any previous life. How does that work? Yeah. 
say, for example, you know, on my website, there's this video of a woman who had constant migraines. You know, I've got mm. so many migraine patients over the years. Yeah. And what they all remember is that they remember in their past life having a head injury or a face injury. Oh, no. you know, they, try, they try the painkillers, they go to doctor. Doctor says it's all related to stress. Yeah. But actually reliving the trauma of that head injury seems to relieve the symptoms. Now, skeptics sometimes say, well, you know, they've made this story up. It's all kind of imagination. But, you know, I'm quite a logical person in many respects. If I've met these hundreds of people who all remember being in different times, but they all remember the same issue, it's that head injury, and actually reliving it seems to get rid of these head, head pain. So there's, you know, there's, there's, there's definitely something there. Um, uh, okay. I, listen, I used to be a hypnotist years ago. I was like a stage yeah. hypnotist. So I would, you know, would go around to pubs and clubs and make people forget the number seven and think they were a chicken. And it was all, you know, it was all fun. But yeah. I, I totally buy, I've, I've seen, and I've been hypnotised myself, I have seen the power of hypnosis. Uh, uh, you know, yeah. I, I, I truly believe that, you, that people can be hypnotised. I also know that when I've been hypnotised and when I've, I've, I've hypnotised others... It really taps into an incredible imagination. Even, you know, yeah. people that you, you would think were, were the kind of the dullest, most black and white or grey people, you, you can very easily access th- the most amazing imagination from everyone. Yeah. So there, is there not an argument, Nicholas, that, that, that people that are doing past life regression... They yeah. kind of, they're generally there because they believe in it, so they want it to work. They also don't yeah. want to let you down, and they're yeah. tapping into this wonderful imagination. And suddenly, I'm um, John. Le- you know, suddenly you 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 kind of just make up a wonderful story. Yeah, you know what? I completely can agree with you know psychiatrists and psychotherapists. What that's the argument. But at the same time, if these metaphors, because, you know, let's say you come along and you think, well, this is, but if somehow it's helped you, if it's helped you overcome a fear or, of, or it helps you explain your problem, you know, what is wrong with that? But, you know, over the years, what I've kind of found is, is especially when we look at these past lives or, you know, we can look into historical data and we can kind of see, you know, there's, there's certain things a person did not know. On, on a conscious level, that seems to validate that they've lived previously. And I think on a, on a, if it can be helpful and if you can get someone, you know, not using medication yeah. or pills, you know, what, what, what's the harm in it? Um, well, <laughs> well, unless those pills are saving their lives, Nicholas, in which case they have to. Um, uh, uh, t- tell us about this the story in the paper then. So this, uh, Wendy Fry, how did you meet Wendy? Well, our paths kind of crossed. Um, and I, I was quite fascinated by Wendy, in, in, especially in terms of her story. Now, you know, I'm a firm believer that we can reincarnate as man, animal, other parts of the universe. So, you know, I was quite intrigued by, by her actual story. You know, we could believe that it, that is the reincarnation of her mother, or we could also argue, if you believe in mediumship, that her mother was somehow communicating via the Robin to her to give her a message because she clearly could hear her mother's voice. But, you know, she found great comfort from this experience that she had with, with the Robin itself. So it could be the reincarnation of her mother or her mother could be communicating from the other side, which I guess for a lot of people out there, you know, both ways of looking at it might be a bit out there, but that, that's kind of the way I, my perspective on it. Kath, what do you reckon to all of this? Because, you know, as I get, when I was younger, I believed all of this. Then I became very, very cynical in my mid-twenties. And now as I get older, Nicholas... I'm opening up my my third eye a bit more, and I'm a bit more open. Kathy, you, you don't I don't buy really it. buy it, but my I know my in-laws because we lost my mother-in-law too early um, a couple of years ago, and I know that my sister-in-law and my um, my mother-in-law's sister 
um, my husband's auntie, really do hold with this. And they actually think that there's a Robin involved as well. So, you know, and, they, nice. when, they, and when they see a Robin, they feel like they're being contacted, you know, it's a little hello. And you know what, yeah. if, that, if, that's, if, it, if it brightens their day, and I know it does, and it makes them feel connected, then I'm not going dis, like, to dissuade them of it. I don't know, really, yeah. but I just, it's not something but, I believe you know in. There's like there's, there's so much that you know we can't always explain. It's like how you know I say mm-hmm. it's like love. We can ex- we experience them. We know love's real, but you can't weigh love. You can't put weigh under love under a microscope. Well, that doesn't well, mean it doesn't exist. It depends. It depends <laughs> what manifestation of love we're talking about. Oh my God, really? Nicholas, some of them, some some gentlemen have to have their love studied very intently to see if they're <laughs> able to make little babies out of love. That's you know. Um, do you ever get? Because the the, cl- the cliche isn't it when when someone does a past life regression they're always Anne Boleyn or you know they're not. <laughs> no, well, this is it. Have you ever had anyone who was someone famous? You know, there's been a few, but generally most people remember very kind of ordinary lives, but with very extraordinary stories. That's what I like to say. Ordinary lives, but very extraordinary experiences. But for me, as kind of a therapist and a practitioner, how can we use that to help you now? It's you know, it's it's, it's not all about curiosity or for entertainment but you know i really use it as a way to empower people to give them answers to help them feel better about themselves to create change within themselves now you know everything is a continuation but how can we tap into that to improve your life now uh nicholas i really appreciate your time the website have i got this right is inspired-artisan.com is that the right one that's correct. Otherwise, it's knowyourpastlife.com. It's Brilliant. Hey, listen, man, it's so nice to talk to you. Maybe we'll get you on another, another time. I really appreciate your time. Thank you, mate. Thanks, Nicholas. That's great. Thank you very much. Cheers. Bye-bye. What a nice guy. I like him. I like all of that stuff. It's comforting, you know. 0344 499 This is Talk Radio. The Late Night Alternative with that man, Ian Lee. There's no strangers here, just friends you haven't stalked on Facebook yet. Have never sent my picture to anyone who didn't request it. The Late Night Alternative with Ian Lee on Talk Radio. Yes. Mm. Give us a call, Amanda. Give us a call. Give us a call. 0344 499 Just send your tweets. Give us a call, Amanda. It'd be lovely to have a chat with you on air. Give us a call. I'd love to hear your um, your reasoning behind what you've just tweeted. So why don't you pick up the phone, 0344-499-1000. Why don't you give us a call? Oh, you won't, because you're a cowardly online troll, a bully who leads a very unspiritual life, a nasty piece of work. I feel physically threatened by you. I feel scared of you. I shouldn't be telling this because you trolls, you bullies, you unspiritual asses get a buzz from this. But I feel unsafe knowing that you are in this world. When I came to Glasgow, I loved every second of it. But there was a real hesitation in me to go because you make me feel physically unsafe because you are unwell and have crossed a line. 0344 499 1000 is the telephone number if you want to give us a call and explain your vile, disgusting, shaming, trolling, bullying tweets. You won't because you're a coward. You won't do it. But here's the thing, right? As someone who has experienced bully, bullying, as someone who has bullied when I was younger and feel incredible shame for it, as someone 
who sees. Take that call, Sam, pick it up, put it straight on. Just put her straight through. Explain yourself, you vile, disgusting human being. Does it make you feel good seeing that? No, it doesn't. You physically scare me. You scare me because you are unstable. I am stating exactly what you have said. Why are you? Why are you tweeting my ex-wife about 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 my kids? Why are you doing that? What's that got to do with you? What's that got I to do with you? I have any falsehood. Why are you tweeting my ex-wife about my kids, you weirdo? You're also lying to say that I've threatened you. I have never No, I didn't you. say you threatened me. I said I feel threatened because of you. Big difference. Why are you tweeting you are my... Threatening you why, why am I... Intimidating. Why are you, tw- I mean, why are you tweeting my ex-wife about my kids? I'm, do you not think that's weird? Do you not think that's weird? I think it's disgusting that you... Last week got offended with Sarah because she was saying that you need to put your children first. Then tonight you tell us Mm -hmm. that you watched movies. Yes, I watched Skyscraper. And a car puts your children. I watched Skyscraper. No, the kid, skyscraper is, is too mature for them. They would have been scared. Oh, no, they can't watch a movie in the room or do something else they in the can't, bedroom they or can't you watch, watch an adult movie? They can't watch... No, yeah, I don't you're watch... you're a horrible man. Here you're a go. horrible, horrible, horrible we go. Horrible and yet you man. listen every night, you tweet me every night. Can I just ask you, why do you think it's acceptable to tweet my ex-wife about my kids? Why did... Why? No, 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 why answer the question. You? Answer the question. Why do you think answer, you're always right? Answer the do question. You think, do you, answer, and also, do you Amanda. Ever actually, apologise. Amanda, answer the question. Why do you think Why it's acceptable? Why do you think you're always right? I'll answer that in a what? minute if you answer my question, which I asked first. Why do you think mm, you're so always right? You can't right? talk you to her. That. You, no, anyway, I'll answer I'm it. I'm going now. Bye bye. Bye. You carry on tweeting. What a weirdo. Genuinely, I feel threatened by her. Would she call me a Nazi in a tweet? Told me I should have worked harder at my marriage. Is now tweeting my wife. My wife knows exactly what I was doing. What, do you mean, what? My kids don't come first. My kids don't come first. That's why I had a meeting in Edgware today and then had to leave early and dash over to pick up my kids from school and it was a joy to do it. She's not interested in the truth. She wants no. to score points. She, and she listens more intently than anyone else I she know. She does. She terrifies me honestly i'll tell you why and it's not it's not she hasn't physically threatened me you don't need to be physically threatened to be made to feel uncomfortable to feel terrified she scares me because she is swinging out for whatever reason i don't know she maybe fancies me i know she disagrees with my views on uh, the 12 steps um but she's very very angry very you see the unfocused wasn't prepared to answer. I'd have answered her question if she'd have answered mine, which I asked first. Thank you for the hand, by the way. It's appreciated. Um, and then when the conversation wasn't going... I've, do I, do I apologise? I apologise all the time. I apologise all the time when I'm wrong. Of course I apologise. I spoke to... Um, who was it I was speaking to the other day? Speak, I was speaking to the bank on the phone last Friday. And they told me I couldn't do something online and I had to go into a branch and I lost my temper a little bit. And then the gentleman put me on hold and he came back and he said, I, I, I said, before you tell me what you say, I just want to apologise for the way I spoke to you. That was out of order. Um, it, I'm just really frustrated. This has been going on for a long time. I shouldn't have spoken to you like that. And I'm, I'm really, really sorry. And you handled it with dignity. And he goes, so 
I apologise all the time. The point to get to is where I don't have to apologise because I haven't done anything wrong. So, uh, Amanda, Jan Bonnie, don't don't judge me by your standards. My wife will do what I I know she'll do. She'll just block you. She'll say, I've just had a... She gets from time to time, I get a text from her saying, I've just had a very weird-sounding person tweeting me or emailing me about you. I've, I've ignored it. I said, yeah, just block and move on. Why would you do that? What a strange, strange person. Strange person. I never said she threatened me. I said I feel threatened. I feel threatened. Well, I feel she did scared. suggest that she'd sneaked into our show, yeah. and sneaked out during the um, break, and then sneaked back in again. Yeah. We know that's clearly bullshine. But also, if she did... But why would happy, you do that? You're happy to steal from my kids? Because the money I make from that show, all... Um, well, after the buying the new digital recorder, nothing... But the the hundred quid me and Kath were going to take each. Well, th- guess what? That goes towards my mortgage, towards my ki- our kids' food. We're not. <laughs> it's the money we get from the rabbit hole. It doesn't go on cigars and Lamborghinis. That go that goes into our earnings. You're giving it too much headspace. Well, I know I am, but tweeting my what my ex wife? That's absolutely crackers, isn't it? That's weird. And also, weird. not that I want to get into the tit for tat, but if anyone's determined to be right. I think we know who it is. Yeah. She Who's keeping to, score? Listens to the show all the time. Is abusive. Didn't, didn't, didn't say she threatened me. I said she, she. I feel threatened, and I do, and I feel scared. And if it keeps up, I'm screenshotting all of these. And if it keeps up, I'm going to go to the police because I don't have to take this kind of abuse. I don't have to have someone telling my ex-wife what I did this weekend when they know what I did. I don't have to have you making judgment calls on whether my kids are important or not. You've got no idea. You've got fa- you've got your grandkids are in South Africa. You, you, you where go come and visit them. Do you know? Incredible. It's the assumption that she Incredible. knows more about your business than than your ex. Does. Amanda, I wish you peace and I wish you luck and I wish you success and I just wish you piss off. The late night alternative with Ian Lee on Talk Radio. Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand and a, t- a couple of texts from Sam. Uh, Sam says, sigh, Kathleen getting the Serena topic all wrong. Not morally correct to selectively choose facts from the incident to promote a needless pro-woman agenda in this case. And then also, after the, um, talking about, um, I guess, talking about, I don't know, but, well, this came in at seven minutes past 11, so I guess, talking about Boris, going to mention anti-Semitism in the Labour Party? Thought not. No, because that's got nothing to do. <laughs> What's that got to do with me saying your government are all jerking each other off? What's they're two separate issues. It's not because I'm covering up anti-Semitism in the Labour Party. There is anti-Semitism in the Labour Party. It's awful. But it's not what we're talking about. Give us a call, Sam. We're not pen pals. Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand. I asked Sam to call Sam back. Was there an answer or did it just go straight to voicemail? Oh, yeah, straight to voicemail. There you go, you see. We've got a lot of calls. Let's get through some of these calls. Let's go to Nigel. Good evening, Nigel. You're what we need. Oh, good evening, Ian. You're what we need, Nigel. Why? We need, we need cheering up! I'm not going to cheer you up. I rung up about my funeral, didn't I? Your funeral? The mum's funeral I went to today. Oh, mate. You knew it was on, didn't you? Because I told you. Mum, yeah, I must admit, it, um, uh, it slipped me to because I've been very, very busy. How, yeah. What happened? Talk, talk to me about it. Oh, God. Well, I got, I got up extra early, about 11, and it, uh, and it was on at one thirty. So I went for a bike ride first, you know, and I went back to the great... 
went back to the cemetery and yeah. and they weren't they didn't turn up then so I went off for another ride and then I came back and then waited they they took ages to come to t- they were a bit late coming coming I think and they were walking with the hearse and a, and a man walking in front of the hearse yeah old fashioned yeah old fashioned way you know start stopping all the traffic with my you could see my mum's coughing in the back of the hearse you know yeah yeah and it was quite it was pretty frightening to be honest I was, yeah. I was really frightened, and I didn't want to... I, I kept saying to people, I, I want to go home, you know. I was, I was really distressed. <laughs> Sorry. I bet. I was so distressed, Ian, I, I, I could hardly stand there. My legs were... Mm. My legs went weak, you know, my legs felt weak. And um, so I decided to stay, and, and um, there was a, a small service, about 20 minutes service, and they lowered the coffin into the grate. You actually see that, and then you throw some some soil on it. You know. Um, How many people were there? There was a lot of people supporting me. About thirty people. Hey, that's not bad, is it? No. You were worried um, there weren't going to be many. Yeah, so a lot of people supported me, and uh, I sung my "I Miss You" at the end of the service. Yes, man. And everyone said how how good my singing was outside because it was obviously it was it wasn't shut in. I sounded a lot better outside. And they said that I'd got a good voice. And the vicar, who was a musician, and a, a professional jazz musician who goes all around the world, uh, he's a bass player. All right. Well, and he's got a jazz band on YouTube. So, but he plays in America and everything, uh, California. And he said, I got a lovely voice, he said, the vicar. Because, um, I, well, I do sing that, and I miss you quite well, high, don't I? You know, I miss yeah, you. Yeah, you song. sing it very well. I sing it pretty well, don't I? And it was, I wish you could have been there, because it was the best I've ever sung it. But then I cried into a lady's arms at the end and could not stop, I could not stop crying, you know. Oh, mate. And then I had to ride home ten miles to go home and get some shopping on the way home. But um, I never want to go through that again. Well, you won't have to, you you won't have to go through burying your mum again. That's that one done and it's... And my dad's gone as well. Yeah. Um, But he was buried on top of uh, uh, her. He was... uh, Twelve feet down, and she went on top. You know, and well, so it was all well, it was all worked that's out. Nice. In, but um, anyway, so it was it, it was quite a, a lot a busy thing. Really, it took a lot of trouble. You know, they had loads of flowers. They they came with the um, service that with the with the the, the um, car the, yeah. the flowers, and I, I I actually before they took the coffin out of the hearse. I, I put my hand on top of the co- coffin and spoke to Mum and said, I love you very much, Mum, and God bless you. In the name of Jesus, we pray my, a little prayer, uh, touching the coffin. That was pretty hard to do because I knew she was laying in there. You know? yeah. It was the most difficult thing I, I've ever gone through. I'm really sorry, mate. Yeah, you, it, you got, it was th- really you got through it. I really thought I couldn't stand And when I came home, I couldn't get off the toilet, as you know. My stomach oh. was going berserk. Wowzers. And I had I had a loose bowel, you know. Hey! Uh, sorry. <laughs> Is that upset you? Yes! That upsets oh. me! But I, I'll say it must be because of the shock, you know? Yeah, yeah. And I, I couldn't... I, but I managed to eat... I managed to cook myself sausage and mash later on this evening. So you, oh. you kind of... You, you got a bit more solid? Well, I've got... I've had something to eat, anyway. The main things I've had How's that? Has that eat. come out yet? Do we know no. the, the, how, uh, what that's like? No, that, no, I'm, I'm eating okay now, but it, it was a shock when I came, getting back, you know, it was a shock really, wasn't it, of the, the funeral? Yeah. Well, 
I would think it was because I'm normally okay, so I'm normally a, a fit person. So, but it breaks your heart, doesn't it? Mate, it, breaks your heart. it does, and, and you've and done I, it. I'm trying to get back to normal. Uh, the most, that's why I rang you. So I, what's happening? Um, was there um, was there a, a wake afterwards? A little do? Um, no, we didn't have any anything afterwards. I didn't I didn't arrange anything, but we could always do something later on in a hot village hall or something. Yeah, we? and and um, you you went home on your own? Yeah, yes, I went home on my own. I, the others went because I had to go shopping afterwards to get some uh, bits and pieces. Yeah. And you're home on your own now? Oh, no, I had a puncture, and then I had to go oh. and get a new inner tube put, put in, and it cost me £16. Oh, no! Yeah, because I, they, the phone went... They, they were cutting the hedges through the lanes, and the phone went into me tyre, so that wasn't very good. No. So that rather finished my day off. <sighs> Man alive, you've had, a, you've had a rum old day. It was £16 just to put an inner tube in. But I couldn't do it because I didn't feel well enough no. to, to take the, t- the wheel to me. Nah, well... But so it what's was worth it though, wasn't it, getting it done? Of course it was. So um, what's what's tomorrow, Nigel? What are you doing tomorrow? Um, well, I'm hoping to just just go out normally, try and go out as normally as I can. You yeah. know, shopping, obviously, I have to get. To and what's the situation with where you're living at the moment? Uh, that's fine. Uh, I was a lady coming on Thursday to help me um, get my benefit put up because I haven't got so much money because Mum's money's been stopped. You know. And yeah. Just, just for now, because I'm under the doctorate. Um, I'm getting a uh, sick benefit at the moment because of the tablets I'm on. And it, it'll work out all right, don't worry. And they're, they're allowing me to stay in my house and pay the rent, uh, you know, norm, normally. Is it? So it should be all right. Um, Mate, I, I'm I, sorry. I haven't got any worries. Just, just loneliness, really. Loneliness. Yeah. Uh, do you I, go to any, like, groups or...? Uh, yeah, well, there are some... The, the vicar's come in to see me one evening and he wants to look at all my f- photos of me... Mum and me. Oh, that would be nice. Yeah, and he, he may be able to get me a drumming job because he's in a band and oh. and um, he goes all, he goes to America, as I say. So he might be able to get me. Um, or he, he might even give me a singing job. He thought my singing was quite good. Ah, hey, there you go, mate. Yeah. Hey, listen, well done for getting so, through it. Your, your mum would be very proud of well, you. I, I, I'm glad I sung the song. That, I had to carry that on my back. The um, karaoke machine in my house. Sorry. The karaoke machine went into me haversack. You took the karaoke machine to the funeral? I thought you did it at Acapulco. No, 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 no. I, I was wow. to Miley Cyrus. It, oh, it, it wasn't Carrick it. Fergus, was it? And, no, 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 I Thank did. I missed you. The better, the, I missed you. Well, that's a lovely song to sing. We, we like it, it was it was mar- marvellous. I really enjoyed that, singing that song at the end. Then I burst into tears with uh, emotion with this lady that put her arms around me. I bet and you did. They said I had a wonderful voice. And, and I, I didn't think I was that good, but... They, they all thought I was watching Kylie last night, and she was miming for the beginning of the show. Outrageous! Yeah, um, she didn't mime. With J- Jason Donovan, could hardly put two words together. What was this then? What was this? <laughs> well, you know, she got Jason Donovan back on the show with her last night. Yeah. Uh, the, the, the hang on, Nigel. Was... Hang on, Nigel. Can't Do you know the it? story about this? Go, go on. Don't, no, don't ask any questions. Just, just speak. She gave yeah. she gave him a ring an hour before, and he got on yeah. his bike, his push bike, yeah. and rode to Hyde Park. Well, that's good. That's a bit shitty. But he didn't do very much on stage. That's well, a bit mean. He wasn't supposed to be doing anything at all. Well, she, an hour before she yeah. did it. She's had, she's, she came, she's, he came and did the dance breaking, especially for you. She's had 30 years to get in touch, and she does it an hour he's before. sitting there waiting with his bike. But I was very surprised. Hello, Jason. Hello. Shut up, Nigel, I'm doing a bit. Hello, Jason. Hello, Jason. 
Yeah, it's Jason Donovan speaking. Who is this, please? It's Carly Minogue. Get stuffed. <laughs> Puts the phone down. Ring again. <laughs> ring, 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 ring. Hello. Hello, uh, Jason. It's me. Be quiet, Nigel. We're doing a thing. All right, I know, I know. Hello, Jason. Listen, if this is, if this is Dobbo or Bendo <laughs> or Nobba or Jackoff calling, you, you can kiss it. I'm no. not... It's actually Kylie Minogue, and I'm really what sorry the... for dumping you, but you were going a little bit bald. What the sweet Jesus shit? What the... Jim Kylie? Is it you? Yeah. Really? And I need you to come on and spin me round, for, especially for you. Not singing or anything, just the dance break. Any time, any time. When? Half an hour? What the... You're joking! Where are you, girl? Hyde Park. It's just down the road. I think if I get my pusho out... I can ride down there, and I can get there in time. Fair dinkum, that'd be bonza. All right, you flaming galah. I got a thing is, I got a, I got a flatto in me pusho, so I got to find me pumpo, and get the taro upo. Enough chops in, Jason Donovan. Get on your bike and ride. I'm coming on my skato. See you later. So he didn't sing with her. No, he just spun around. Oh, that's, that's a good impression. Thanks. Thanks. That's really mean of her. I hate her. What a cow. That is mean. No, so she tells him an hour before... Hang on, we're still yeah. doing the thing. Yeah. She calls him an hour before... Not and even then comp, doesn't, not even... Even, doesn't even let him sit. Can I bring the kids? No! Only if you can balance them on your trick nuts. You, you never mention my trick nuts again, Kylie. You know I'm ashamed of them. I got them... They're my, my dad had trick nuts... Um, uh, Terence Donovan, my dad. You know, you, you know, he was my dad in real life. Terence Donovan, my dad, and uh, Mark Tricknuts. Uh, that's my, that's a, that's the Donovan family shame, and I've learned to accept Mark Tricknuts. Can I can I ask you a question, Kylie? Sure. Can I touch your boobies again, like the old days, the eighties? Well. If it slips while we're dancing, who's gonna know? I'm gonna be there in twenty minutes. There you go, Nigel. And see. She was touching her bum on stage. I bet she was. Yeah, yeah well, maybe it was itchy. Man and putting it, a hand on her bum. It helps her stay in tune. <laughs> she's got quite a big bum for her size, really. No, I there's nothing. There's nothing to her. Uh... Isn't there? Oh, it looked big on stage. Oh. <laughs> it looked big on stage. Yeah. Well, so listen. I, I, um, I enjoyed the show. I enjoyed her singing, but she mimed at the beginning... Yeah. Uh, yeah, when she stopped singing, she was still singing, like, you know, <laughs> she, she was singing to her own backing track. Oh, blimey. Yeah, and it was her new album as well, but never mind. All right, Nigel, well, listen, I'm glad you're OK, mate. Well, I, I, uh, I'm, okay. I'm not really OK, but I'm trying to be. You, you know, you, you'll I, get I, there. I, um, Try and get your head down. Especially for you. OK, thanks for calling. <laughs> there we go, thanks for calling. Wow. 0344, <laughs> so his mum was lowered down on his dad. Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand. This is Talk Radio. Late night conversation. Wealth losing sleep over the late night alternative with Ian Lee on Talk Radio. We have ways of making you talk. Well, we just watched the, the footage of Jason Donovan on stage with Kylie, and he's right. He comes on just to dance, and then he sort of grabs the mic. He doesn't got a microphone. She has. He grabs the microphone and sings his line, and then she kind of snatches it back. And then it gets to the bit where they're both singing together, and he's still singing, but she's got the microphone in her mouth. <laughs> and won't let him sing. Oh, I'm Team Jason. I'm always Team Jason. I remember having an argument in the sixth form common with someone going, no, 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 Jason Donovan, is, he is, you watch, in 20 years' time, he'll still be making records. We won't even know who Kylie is. 
Um, pick a line between one and six, not four. That's gone. Three. Uh, let's go to Eben. Let's go to Eben. Hi, Ian. Hey, Eben. Hey, a lot happened before I talked to you last. Go on, before we talked to you, before you spoke to yeah, us last. Whenever I phone in si- Since you spoke to us last. Yeah, well, okay. whatever. Because that would be weird if you have called in to t- tell yeah. us about the things that happened before the last time you spoke to us. Time traveller. Time traveller. I've been confused about this week. Yeah. I've had, because I've moved down to my dad's house in the student halls. Oh, say that again, Evan, because your phone line is rubbish. I've moved down to my dad's house and I'm in student halls. Yes, man! I hope you got enough Rizzlers to make you look cool. Yeah. yeah. And it's all quite daunting, everything I need to do. It's wanton? Daunting. Daunting. I think it's wanton. It is. I remember getting dropped off at halls and thinking, yeah, this is it. And then thinking, oh, my God, well, I don't know anybody. Awful. I'll just go and sit in my room for a bit. Yeah, yeah. Oh, man. And it didn't really help because they put on activities. It was a movie night tonight with a bunch of people. What were they showing? Skyscraper? No, there's The Orphan. Oh, The Orphan. Oh, that's a good film, mate. And I can't get to sleep now. Ah, you're scared! You're scared of The Orphan? Yeah, a little bit. Oh, mate. Um, well, how, how does it feel, though? Is it exciting? Yeah, really exciting. Yeah. Taking the times past, doing a lot of work this week before I start my course. Nah, don't worry about it. Uh, the, uh, the work before the work before the course, the course starts doesn't count. Also, the first year doesn't really count. No. Does it really? Enjoy Just getting yourself. getting used to it. And get, and get some of those beer tokens. Find out the, the boozers, find out. Who the man is, if that's your vibe. Find out who the man is who's holding. Um, find out where to go. Find out where to go for the good times. I was in a flat party on Saturday. Oh, that's a, sh- that's a shame. I oh. like to go to the more upbeat ones, but they can't all be winners. Hello? Hello? You'll be okay. I went to a party once where I ended up with trifle in my hair for three days. <laughs> it wasn't trifle. <laughs> Well, they had sprinkles on. Uh, they weren't sprinkles. <laughs> Don't know what that means. Um, Eben, uh, listen, it's good to talk to you, man. Hang in there, buddy. You've got this one. Give us a call later in the week. Let us know how it goes. Between one and six, not three or four. Two. Evening, Angela. Hi, and Catherine. How are you? Good, thank you. How are you, our oh, little psychic lady of love? <laughs> I'm a bit upset. You know the video I did earlier on? Yeah. You did um, live tarot delete- reading. It deleted itself by the mistake. Oh, uh, there are no mistakes, Angela, when it comes to the other oh. side. Well, it deleted... I know that you were illegally streaming a football match. You were watching... This was yeah. the weekend. You were watching Sky, and yeah, then it popped up on my thing. Ding! Uh, Angela's mm-hmm. Psychic Paranormals is doing a live stream. I thought, oh, I sat by the computer. I'll have some of that. So I turned it on... And it was you streaming Sky, which is illegal. Hello? She's, She's gone! Been deleted. Um, let's go to Billy. Good evening, Billy. <laughs> Hello. Hello, Billy. Hello, Billy. You all right? I'm good, thank you, mate. Yeah, I'm just calling in to, um, to, to see how Nigel um, um, got on, really. Did you listen? Not particularly. I was, I was in the toilet. 
Oh, hang on a minute. This is the second time you've phoned in shortly after Nigel's been on to find out uh, how Nigel's going. <laughs> no, 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 so you're obviously not no, that bothered. No, no, listen no, to the podcast. Oh, I'm not okay. putting it in that. No, all right. Listen, go back to the listen again feature. Oh, I will do. Which is really yeah. easy to navigate. <laughs> I mean, it's not. It's not. It's the, not. The app. The app, the app is... does, it's not been uploaded since May. No, it ha- what the po- the podcasts? Yeah, on the on the um, talk talk radio app hasn't been updated since May. Hang on a minute, what's, what's this guy? What's this guy? Is this guy for real? Is this guy real or is he a joker? I think he might be a joker. Let me have a little look. Talk radio, <laughs> podcasts. Oh, it's wait, wait, let, let's choose from Jake Yap Sunday Best. Oh blimey! The Motor Show with Andy J. The Real Radio Hustle. Um, the Yasmin Khan Show. Let's Gosh. go to the Late Night Alternative with Ian Lee. Look at the po- there's a podcast section there. Let's see, this guy, this guy's talking out of his a hole. Um, okay. Uh, here we go. This is uh, uh, the latest one. Is Thursday, May the thirty first. Wow. <laughs> I don't know why I bother. Uh, well, you can get them on uh, on other. Shut, shut your face. You can get them on <laughs> other podcast providers. You can go to iTunes or Acast or. Or you can kiss my ass. You can you can go loads of places. He's gone. No, he's still there. Have you gone? <laughs> right, he's gone now. Flip what the it. hell is happening tonight? Let's go to G. Good evening, G. Evening, boss. Good evening, boss. Eh? Are you on speakerphone? No, I'm in the bathroom. Oh God, I don't want to know why. Okay, away you go. Easy, tiger. Steady. I just wanted to say, without dwelling on it, that there are certain people that are really vile to you. Yeah. Catherine, Catherine, you're speaking really about Catherine. Vile. You're speaking about Catherine. Justified. Then it's not justified, but you are ancient. We... Oh, wow. You're a mumu. I do live in an ice cream van. I um, watched a great channel at the weekend called Keep It Country TV. Right? They played some great stuff and some not-so-great stuff, if I'm honest. But the first show we watched was hosted by an Italian woman who um, they obviously couldn't afford autocue, which is the thing where it puts the words in front of the camera. So you're the camera, calf. So someone was obviously holding boards there. So she was doing the whole, th- whole thing. So the next artist coming up, there's big hit, and um, uh, here's a little package about Tanya Tucker. And they had a package about Tanya Tucker. She was, she was looking to, one, to one side. Yeah, she was looking to one side. But it was a great channel. That's like Evan Davis. He does that as well, doesn't he? Who's Tanya Tucker? Oh, gee! Tanya Tucker, she's, um, well, I nearly, I nearly swore then. She is a country and western star, and in 1981, 8081, uh, when Glenn, Glenn Campbell was about 43 and she was 21, she went out with Mr. Glenn Campbell. She was the bad girl of country rock. And if oh, you see any footage, Tanya Tucker. if you see any footage of Tanya Tucker and Glenn Campbell singing together, you can be sure that there is several grams of cocaine up all four nostrils. Is she the one with the big behoobies? Um, she's got a great voice. You're absolutely correct. Yes. <laughs> yes. I thought so. Yes. I actually ran in to sing. Go on, then. Now you put me on the spot, and I don't want to. OK, well, thanks you for You put yourself on the spot. Let's go to Alistair. Good evening, Alistair. Hi, Ian. Hi, Kath. How you doing? I'm doing uh, a lot better at the moment. OK. What have you got for um, a Anyway, I was going to 
bring you to uh, agree with your analysis of Mr Johnson yeah. and his uh, outrageous uh, plans to uh, take over things. And um, yeah, I think it's uh, I think it's very sad the way politics is going at the moment. But I wanted to ask as well, because um, what are trick nuts? You, if you don't know what trick nuts are, then you're a very, very lucky man. I chased the inside <laughs> of my calves quite badly um, riding someone trick nuts. <laughs> my first boyfriend Neil used to have a BMX, and on the back, on the back wheel, where the wheel meets the. Um, frame of the bike. The perineum of the bike. No, nothing to do with perineum. The taint. They had, like, a, a sort of bar that would go th- almost as if it was going through the wheel and you could stand on it either side and do tricks. You know, like people used to jump on bikes, like jump up and down oh, while right. holding the bikes and all that business. Oh. Well, that's what I used to stand on when he was transporting me around as his groovy BMX chick. That was brilliant. And if you relax too and, much, you um you yeah. don't have to scratch the inside of your legs. I see. Right, that's brilliant. But uh, another great show, guys. Thank you very much indeed, and it's appreciated. And uh, another great buzzkill. Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand. Did we do the adverts? We did do the adverts. You nearly said no, then Sam. You nearly said no. Here's who I really want to kill. All right. Um, people with personalised number plates. Oh yeah. Why does anybody? Yeah, I, right. The only cool personalised number plate I've ever seen was Paul Daniels' Magic. Yeah, Magic as a number plate. I think he did. But was any of them? None of them were numbers, were they? Paul Daniels' number plate. Let's have a little look. Yeah, Magic says Magic. Got to respect that. That was good. No, no, no. That Is was that cool. legal though. <laughs> yeah, no. Paul Daniels was the I uh, was the no, it, I and a one. No, it's personalised. Yeah, it's personal. Sorry, I don't think you know what personalised. Well, I don't think a lot of people do. Sometimes I'm trying to work out who's in the car from the stupid number plate. Well, this you is just go. You're kidding yourself. This is the thing, right? The personalised number plates, apart from magic, we we'll put that to one side. That's safe. That's that's that's, in, that's you're taking that up. But pe- people with personalised number plates make me want to vomit um, because they, they just think, right? Well, you spent. Sometimes twenty five, thirty thousand yeah. pounds on a number plate. And it's plate. purely about showing off. But I tell you, who's worse than the people with the personalised number plates? People that write "powered by fairy dust" or put eyelashes on their cars. I think that's quite cute. People that have number plates that almost say a word. You know the ones that yeah. almost say a word. If like if the the if you take a five as an S. And a four is an A. Or they've um, got a black screw in the middle to try and yeah, make it an H. Yeah. To make it an H. Two, two ones or two eyes an H. And it will say something like, um, I saw one that's something like big, it was like supposed to say like big boss I worked out. But it was something like B1688. O-S-S. It was something like, or 8055, something like that. Wow. And it was supposed to be Big Boss. I saw... Also, are you five? It's <laughs> <laughs> is... thing I do on a box for my kids. What is the... I remember someone, when we were at Three Counties, 3CR, right? Remember Jan, the, uh, the, the guard at 3CR? No one got past Jan. Um, and uh, I, was, I was talking to her, and she got an email from someone saying... Hello, I have the number plate. And it wasn't a special number plate. It was like 
TC643CR. Right. So it's just a normal number plate, but it had 3CR at the end. He said, I have this number plate, and I would be prepared to sell it to BBC Three Counties Radio for £5,000. Because that's the sort of stuff the BBC should be for spending 5, money on. £5,000. And then I think he, he had a list of other companies that had, th- like, 3CR in their name. And he's trying to say, and they're good, well, well played to him, but no one's going to buy it. I hate these people. Make me want to... Make me... Um, uh, imagine if I now said... All right, just imagine if I now said, you know, the, the, the people that, that, that have these um, cars with number plates, it's... It's like they're metaphorically wearing a suicide vest and they're driving around just waiting to explode at any moment. Imagine if I said that, right? The Ferrari, the right, righteous Ferrari that would be... He compared something to wearing a suicide What the hell is that? Complaints that would be held upheld by Ofcom? The rollicking I get from Denny? Um... I rate, but Boris Johnson, Boris Johnson can say it, and yeah, sure. Well, it's yeah. just Boris. It's just Boris being Boris. And, and people who listen to this radio station in the morning and go on this radio station's uh, at Facebook page want that man to be Prime Minister. That's what's so terrifying. That is what is terrifying. I enjoyed that hour. We've got another hour of this nonsense to go before Paul Ross comes on at one o'clock. Uh, switchboard is empty for the first time tonight. So give us a call. 0344 499 1000. This is The Late Night Alternative with Ian Lee and Catherine Boyle every weeknight from 10 on Talk Radio. The Late Night Alternative with Ian Lee on Talk Radio. We have ways of making you talk. Hey, boy, 
344-499-1000 is the telephone number if you want to give us a call. The switchboard is empty, dear listener. So now is a great time. I say a great time to give us a call if you'd like to. Um, I'm starting to perk up a little bit. I tell you what, I, don't, I know I whinge on Twitter. Oh, God, I hate Twitter. I tried to... Let me, let me try and get these thoughts into some kind of order. So I, I, before I went to New York, I bought what's called a dumb phone. It's a Nokia... 105 or 150 or 501 or something. And it's kind of like the, the rage at the moment is to, to get dumb phones. That all they can do is make phone calls and send and receive texts and play Snake. And that's it. There's no internet. There's no emails. There's nothing, right? And I was thinking, I really like to... Because I've, I've got Twitter and Facebook blocked from my phone. And I was thinking, well, I wonder what it would be like if I had a phone that didn't have emails and didn't have the internet. What would that be like? And I check my emails in the morning and check them when I get into work, and, and that's it, right? That that would be would be it. So I've got this dumb phone, and I've got an iPhone, and it, it, when I tried to set it up a week or so ago, um, you needed an adapter for the iPhone SIM card. Thank you very much, Catherine Boyle. That's okay. Just, you know, just on the air. Uh, uh, thank you. That, and that's that's how you produce. Um, so I, so I, I, someone very kindly told me what adapter I needed so that the um, the SIM card would fit. And I was there today and I thought, oh, well, I'm going to set this up. I'm going to give this a go. I'm so thirsty. And um, so I got the SIM card of my iPhone out and I managed to put it into this adapter and I put it into this dumb phone. And I switched it on, or whatever it does. And um, here's the rub. Here's the rub. I'm going to get technical with you guys. I hope you don't mind. I know you can handle this. You're an intelligent bunch. And six minutes past 12 on a Monday night, what you want to hear about is SIM cards. SIM card Monday. So what happens with the iPhone is it doesn't, like the olden days... In the olden days, the telephone would store your phone numbers on your SIM card. The iPhone doesn't do that. The iPhone does not store your phone numbers on the SIM card. So you um, take the SIM card from the iPhone, you put it in the dumb phone, and it's got no numbers on. I'm thinking, well, this, what? This can't be right. This is inaccurate. So I then spend like an hour Googling how do I get the phone numbers from the iPhone to the dumb phone, the Nokia 105? And what I found out after just over an hour of Googling and then asking you guys on Twitter, what I found out is you can't. There's no way of doing it. You can't get the phone numbers from the iPhone onto either the SIM card or into the Nokia unless... Yeah, you type them all in yourself. Nah, it's never going to happen. So I spent... I can't get the phone numbers from my iPhone onto the dumb phone. Well, just put the important ones in. Um, no, because you you mean you. Yeah. So here's the thing. I wasted a lot of money on this dumb phone. I spent £14.99 on this. Mm-hmm. 
and I can't. I now can't use it. Well, you can. You Unless can. I become a drug dealer and use it as my drug phone and get a different phone number for my guys. My guys want some brown or some China Wade, a little bit of hash. I don't want to be a drug dealer. So I can't use it. You're saying I can. Yeah, just put the numbers in that you want in there. How many, numbers how many, you want in there? How how many, many people do you actually like? like? Hmm? Stop, Stop it. it. Well, don't ask Go me that. then. <laughs> Stop, Stop it. Stop it. You're so me. What? what? <laughs> You didn't copy You're with me. me. You're not doing it properly. properly. Stop it. Seriously it's annoying. So annoying Please, Please stop, stop it. Right. Right. That's it. Right. Right. I'm out. I'm out of it. You're not out. You're not out. Thank you for calling Talk Radio. Calls are charged at your provider's national rate. Your call will be answered shortly. Thank you for holding. is I can't transfer my phone numbers from my iPhone to my smartphone and to my dumb phone and now I'm stuck with, with it and I don't want it. 
Technology, 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 right? Technology. It's annoying. And Twitter is full of dramas, and and I really, you know, I keep getting sucked back into it. Keep getting drawn back into it, and uh, it's very addictive. Um, Should we get serious for a minute? Go on, then. Okay. Um, Really wanted to take drugs this weekend. Really wanted to take drugs this weekend. I was going to start the show with this, and it didn't seem appropriate. But, um... I haven't had drugs for a while, guys. This weekend, it's really been on me. Not like the obsession and people... The reason I'm saying this is because we've had a few people phoning in the last week who have been struggling with booze. Well, no, actually, we had a few, couple of gentlemen struggling with cocaine. Um, uh, but a few people struggling with booze. And uh, people kind of phone me up because i got a bit of clean time and Ian knows what he's talking about. And he'll, you know, he'll point us in the right direction or say something wise. And it f- just feels a bit hypocritical. Me, doesn't it feel funny doing something serious after? You, well, yeah, after you were, you've like you, you were saying stuff just immediately just before I said it to try and annoy me. Wow, it's just be- that was what was happening. I hope you, you may not have got that from the audio, but I was saying stuff, but Kath was saying it just before me. Really rude, Mum. She's saying stuff just before I am. <laughs> but no, but it's weird. Anyway, that's the chunky, clunky kitchen. So. Um, I was really hoping we could get a whole hour out of that. Well, I'm glad we didn't. I was wow. driving me nuts. I was almost... I, I, I did, and I'm not a violent person, but no. I could have really hurt you then. Can I and just, I don't want to hurt can you. Can I say something? Mm. You're very petulant. I am. Uh, so, so I didn't take drugs for a long time. And I'm not had drugs for quite a while. And um, I didn't get to... Meetings kind of slipped a bit. Obviously, I didn't, couldn't go when I was in New York. Some people take their kids to meetings, but it's something I don't want to, I don't, don't want to do. don't feel comfortable. Uh, but, 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 Laura, you get, you, you, after the last few... I've seen a couple of meetings recently where there's been kids there because it's been summer holidays, you know, and it's really hard. There was years ago when I first got clean, there was this poor woman I think I used to go to college with. Or she was a couple of years by me. She used to bring a little boy in, and I quite often... Just go and sit with a little boy and play with a little boy while the meeting was going on. It's nice, you know, because you've got to think there's single parents, a lot of single mums. It's harder for single mums, I think. Well, single parents, but a lot of single mums would come in with their babies and with their kids. And it's, um, you know, it's, it's a powerful thing. I love it when there's kids in a meeting because it makes you think about what you say. So you watch your language and you don't say anything too. It makes you very focused. And also it's the circle of life, you know. That's why a lot of people are doing it, so that their kids... You know, that breaks the cycle. Anyway, so I didn't go to any New York. And then last week, it's, you know, it's, it's excuses, excuses, life and stuff. And just, uh, and last week, here we go, this is it. So sort of Monday or Tuesday, I felt the dip in the mental health. Just felt, that just felt everything was a little bit greyer. I'm saying this just in case anyone can identify with it. And it helps me as well. So, you know, there you go. Everything just felt a little bit grey, and I thought, "Oh man, I'm on the I'm on the downturn," and you could feel it as the week progressed. Just like my, bo- I'm so tired today. And it's not because I've done anything; it's just because I'm I'm depressed. So that was going on, and then a couple of days into that, I got the whole stuff with the the scouts. So that kind of knocked me down a, significantly. Then some divorce stuff happened. I got a letter about that, and that I was on the phone to you when I opened the letter, yeah. and I went, "Oh, you never guess what I've got." So it's like the divorce thing. So that knocked me down. 
And um, I'm just, I need to verbalise that my default reaction is to try and make myself feel better. And that is quite quite often in the past it's been with sex. Uh, it's been with shopping. But I ain't got no money to shop. It's partly what the car boot sale was because it was like a cheap, bought a load of stuff, but it was only like eight quid. But it was all for the kids. But um, buying stuff, as I said to um, Chris Difford, from Squeeze, we both went through a period of having just like loads of packages. This is something that got this is Mike Nesmith CDs that Glenna sent me. Did, did I give you one of these? No. Oh, I gave you the record, record didn't yeah. I? There you go, Mike. Mike Nesmith live at the Troubadour CD. Um, and so, so sex, shopping, eating is a big one for me now. Eating is the one that's really getting me where I will eat to try and take myself out of myself. But this weekend, it was like, oh, man. I'd say from, like, Friday last week. Mm, yeah. God, I really love, uh, really love some cocaine. Really love some cocaine. And I wasn't obsessing about it. And it wasn't like I was sat with Simon going, I wish he'd go, man, because I want to think about cocaine. But it just, I just would find myself thinking, oh, it'd be really nice. For example, this isn't, but it'd be really nice um, if I had a nice bit of cake. And um, and, I, and I had some cocaine. And, you know, just that cocaine would come into whatever nice little fantasy thought thing I was having. It would be, it'd be nice if I was hanging out with a couple more friends and we went out and then we had some cocaine. It would just keep coming in. And on uh, uh, Saturday night, Saturday night was the one. I really struggled to get... I couldn't get to sleep because I was just thinking about cocaine. And I wasn't thinking I'm going to go out and use cocaine. I was just thinking about it, and then I was going, oh, man, just stop. I wish I could. Can I just stop thinking? And then there was a lot of me going, just stop thinking about it, because I don't want to think about it. It's boring, and I don't want to do it. But that's the disease, man. It just kept putting... And Saturday night I was in bed going, just can, you, can I just stop thinking about cocaine so I can get to sleep? And then I had a dream that I had a load of ecstasy. <laughs> you know, so it was, there's no escape from it, man. There's no escape from it, man. Um, but I, but me, but I went to a meeting today and, um, if I don't get to a meeting tomorrow, I'm going to go for a run and I've got a meeting slotted in for Wednesday. So it's, yeah, it's cool, man. It's cool. But I need to just share this stuff that I'm not as, I'm not as, as perfect, perfect, you know, I mean, there may be some people. Well, it's not as easy as you think it might be. There we go. It's hard work, man. Yeah, I, I take solace as your friend and as someone who saw what happened last time in the fact that you're saying it out loud. Yeah. It, the, 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 the danger comes when you start keeping it secret. Yeah, the se- our secrets grow in the shadows. That's a true thing. And um, uh, and I didn't go to a meeting this weekend because I was with Simon. I thought, oh, that's rude. But that's just an excuse because he would have been cool if I said that. I'm gonna he would have driven you there and sat outside. Yeah, I know. Book. And so that's an issue. So that's kind of a worrying thing. That's the disease, man. It's just like playing games and telling lies. And, yeah. and we've well, heard it in people calling this show. Yeah, And it's yeah. obvious from the outside. So what I'm saying is if anybody, if anybody, and I mean this, if anybody has got any gear. Oh, stop it. 18. No, I'm joking. I mean, no, not at all. I wouldn't. I, first of all, I couldn't afford it. That's never stopped me in the past. And I, jeez, I mean, who, who wants to masturbate for thirty-six hours? Re- I mean, that's what it was. God. Anyway, on that bombshell. This is Talk Radio. 
Uncut after-hours conversation for the up-all-night generation. The Late Night Alternative with Ian Lee on Talk Radio. We'll get you talking. Was that um, static going out over there? I wasn't meant to. I wasn't meant to. That was me playing static because um, someone's just sent me a link. I didn't mean to play that all over the ad. Sorry, that must have been hideous for some, arousing for others. And there'll be some people who could hear voices in it. So someone has sent me, Dan has sent me a website. On this page, you can listen to and control a shortwave receiver located at the Amateur Radio Club, ETGD, at the University of Twente. Twente. In contrast to other web controls receivers, this receiver can be tuned by multiple users simultaneously. So basically, I think we can listen. All right, let's... Right, we can listen to stuff. So I'm going to go on to AM. And I'm going to... How do I go through it? That's the square. How do I... How do I get this to work? Hang on. I don't know... I don't know how I get this to work, though. Come on. Guys? Guys? How do we get that to work? Dan, tell me. Dan, you just tweeted it to me. Dan, help us, Dan. So, what's that? Is that me? Silla? No, yeah, well, it was a bit, yeah. Uh, right, so you, oh, you've got to type in stuff. This is fun. This is fun for the kids. Where do I type it in? Chat box. Oh, blimey, oh. look at that. So, 200 people are using this at the moment. Are they all getting that? They're all going, what? how do we make this work? Uh, please log in by typing your name or call sign. Ian Lee. So I'm Ian Lee. Uh, well, Dad, I work this thing! Crying out loud. Does anybody... Can anybody find me? Station info. Oh, for God's sakes. How do I make this... Chat box. How do I make this bloody thing work? How do I make this bloody thing work? I am on the... Real radio right now. Oh, they're not going to like that. Suckers. Oh. Ten. How do I make this thing work? So, can you stop being windy pops? <laughs> That's not me. So, um, Honestly. How do I, right, can someone tell me how this... Uh... Ray's telling me there's no dignity in doing drugs. <laughs> Next, the Pope is a Catholic. <laughs> you should have seen 
<laughs> You've seen what what I did sometimes when I was on. There's no dignity. Dignity goes as soon as that first bit goes up there, mate. Um, um, 10.53 works immediately. But I don't... Just says just type in frequencies. But where do I type in the frequencies, you absolute loon? Just type it in. All right. Oh, I just typed it in and what... Oh. No, I don't think it did. 10.53. That's talk sport. 10.53 and 10.89. Oh, two more internationals. Yeah, football, we've got to score the goals and then they're going to have sex. I'm going to start with Italy. They lost to Portugal. That's Oh. Well, now what do I do? That's a horrible website. What crappy website to point like, me to? Sounds like the very gates of hell. What crappy, crappy website? And the radio thing, you can move. Someone's saying type 198. This is the last thing I'm going to do. Type 198 into the box. Right, I bet it's rubbish. 198, OK. Calling him a thief and a liar. Those words prompted him to increase the penalty by awarding an entire game to the eventual winner. Oh, Neil this is up in the 80s. The New York crowd booed and shouted its disapproval. And after the match, Serena Williams claimed she was fighting for a greater cause than simply her own. I've seen other men call other umpires several things. And I'm here fighting for women's rights and for women's equality and for all kinds of stuff. And for me to say thief and for him to take a game, it made me feel like it was a sexist remark. Those claims of sexism have been backed by Steve Simon, the head of the Women's Tennis Association. In a statement, he said there should be... Right, that website's... Everyone who... um, Everyone who sent me that website, you are blocked. Because that was a, that was a waste of life. It hit the trail. The Wild Man of Late Night Radio. The Late Night Alternative with Ian Lee on Talk Radio. We have ways of making you talk. Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand. Someone says, "Have you discussed the Katie Price video?" What's the Katie Price Don't know. video? No. No, you're not going to... You're not curious. I don't know about not, it. We're not curious? Not really. It's something no. different every week. She's got a show on, hasn't she? No, you're not curious to know no. what it might be? Not really. Could be something... It could be something interesting. Won't be. It could be something different. It will Unusual. Be. Bet it's not. Strange. No. As a producer, you're not curious? Nope. As a human being? Nope. You're not as someone who... I, I apply quite a strong filter. As someone who doesn't have to provide content for the next 30 minutes, but their best mate does, you don't want to think that that might, I don't know... Incredible gesture by three pupils who saw a boy crying on the bus after his first day at secondary school. Has this got Katie Price in? Nope. OK, let's... Um... This 11-year-old had got on the wrong bus. OK, and was with getting... Katie Price? No. OK. No. Was getting further and further from his Liverpool home when the trio <laughs> stepped in. Trio, trio, 
Till I come and we want a trio. The boy who didn't have any phone or money on him had, ba, 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 had ba, no ba, means of getting home to Netherton in Liverpool. <laughs> ba, 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 ba. Can we? Oh, here's a fun phone in. Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand. Chocolate bars, where, uh, adverts where classic songs have been used for chocolate bars. So far, we've got old sweets. You're talking then? No, 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 no. We're not actually. old telly. No, yeah, it's not neither of those, but it's a bit of them. It's very specific. It's classic music oh. and chocolate bars. Okay. So so far we got trio, trio, and a ba 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 bar a club. Remember that one? They were all in court, and then they started singing. Instead of singing Barbaran, they sing in bar bar of club for the club bars. And club bars were absolutely bloody awful. Um. So. Specifically, classic songs. This is a very specific classic songs that were used in adverts for bars of chocolate. Not interested in any other sweets. It's got to be bars of chocolate. Go. Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand. Year eleven student Tom O'Brien gave the boy ten pounds for a taxi, while year seven students Harry Campbell and Dylan Robson made sure he got home safe. The act of kindness was shared on Facebook by a mum in a sin gone viral with thousands commenting. Sin gone? Hmm? You said sin gone. Sin's gone viral. No, okay, that's not what you said. I did. That's not what you said. Mel- sin milk, milk. 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 Lemonade. Round the corner chocolates made. Colette Harry's mum said the whole situation restores faith in humanity. and But it was spoilt by Ian Lee, who'd rather hear a story of boobs in. I want to know what's wrong with Katie Price. I'm Is there something her. wrong with her? Oh, here we go. Five, four, three, two, one. First bite into real milk chocolate. Oh, yeah. It's a five, four, three, two, one. That's a five, four, three, two, one bar. That was the name of the bar. First bite into real milk chocolate. A five, four, three, two, one. Oh yeah, Matt, this is great. Uh, Let me tweet this. Oh God, no! Please don't. Looking for accidental partridge will be all over it. They'll be getting a partridge boner. Accidental partridge doesn't know what accidental partridge means. You speak to Dave. I'm doing this. Dave, you're through to Catherine. Hello, Catherine. Hello, Dave. Blow that out. Blow that. I know it's. (laughs) I know it's not a chocolate bar. Just a quick phone call. This is from going to bed. Does you remember the Vitalite advert? Yes. Yeah, I just wanted to put that one out there. Ian, do you remember it? No. I do, and he I'm not, doesn't... I'm not seeing it, I'm not seeing it, though. OK. You'll have to uh, find it on the internet and have a look. It was, oh, vital light. I'm not singing it, the rest. I'm not singing it. No. Thanks for phoning, Dave. Thank you. Good night. Bye. Bye. Night-night. You started that. You've got people ringing up saying, do you remember this advert? You... I'll tell you what. i tell you what we'll do. Hang on. Why am I... I'm doing the commas in the... Five, four... Three... <laughs> three... Two... One. Um, I'll tell you what. We've got two phone-ins running at the moment. I'll tell you what we'll do. You do a phone-in... I'll tell you what we've got. Um, a lot of people saying five, four, three, two, one. We've got that one now. We've got three phone-ins. Kath, do your phone in about the uh, about the kid on a bus. It wasn't a phone in; it was just an interesting heartwarming in. story. Make a phone in out of it. All right, um... go on and let's see. We're going to see who's the best at phone ins. All right, here we go. I've got two, so you got to get try and get two out of that. 
Out of that? Yeah, because I've okay. got two out of mine. Okay. Wrong bus. Call me now. 03444991000. Okay, yep. Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand classic songs chocolate bar, and what ads do you remember? Oh God, no! So we're going to see who gets the most phone phone calls. Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand. So the most phone calls or the best phone calls because we're just going to get a load of people going. The most. Yeah, I can remember this that was on the telly. It's all filler. Well, I mean so that is filler. Cats are, have you ever been on the wrong bus and when did so, someone give you a tenner? And the things you can have a chat about. And the other one, my ones, the good ones. What do you remember off the telly? No, yeah. please, you, these don't forget the listeners are idiots, and you're now just throwing words at them, and their their, their brains are melting. Yeah. So, Kath's not very good ones are. Have you ever been on the wrong bus? When was someone give you a tenner? Not very good. Those my good, mine ones are good. Classic songs that have been used to advertise chocolate bars, and be very specific on that chocolate bars. And what adverts do you remember? Oh three, oh three, four four, four nine nine, one thousand. Let's put a little bit of. Um, let's get some phone in music. Phone in music. Um, oh, here we go. This is a great. This is a great phone in song. That's an advert for diesel. It's an advert for nothing. The diesel for petrol. Um, 0344 is to take that phone call. I bet it's for me. Here we go. Here we go. I've played with feet before. I wish Philip in Nor- South Norwood on you. I wish him. Okay, it's a good call. Come on, yeah. I'll tell you all the telly remembers, this and we'll is, be here all night. You used to call me on my cell phone. Oh. That's not as good as I thought it would be. It's sexy. It's Drake Hotline Bling. Drake sounds proper bored in all his songs, doesn't he? It does. Even the when he's about, talking about sexy time. Is there one about when he gets home at like six in the morning? Six in the morning. Oh. And I got home a barking station. Is he English? No. He's Canadian, a song about, I think. There's a song about barking station. Does he? Six in the morning, barking station. <laughs> no, he doesn't. He does. Someone does. Here we go. This is phone and music. Here we go. <sighs> Let's go to first call. They're up. They're running. Alan, what topic have you called in for? Oh, uh, hi there. Um, chocolate bars. Of course he has. Here we go. Which classic songs have been used to advertise chocolate bars, Alan? It is, um... I've got those, can't get enough of those, blue ribbon blues. Remember that song? <laughs> yes, I do! Do you know what I mean? How do you remember that? You sound do? about 26. No, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm 50. Shut what? up, man! You just shut up. Yes, yes, I'm not. I'm not kidding. What year were you born? Sixty-seven. Okay. Blimey! Give it, wow. You were born in the actual sixties. Blue. You were born that yeah. Sergeant Pepper was out. You must. You were high on LSD when you were bo- a baby. Um, it was. That was. No, a good... I, I, I wish I was, but 
Yeah, uh, I like to think I was. I like to think. I like to think Blue was. ribbon. That was a. That was another boring biscuit, wasn't it? It was crap. But the and, and the guy, uh, the guy that sang it. Oh, what was he called? He was like he was on Monty Python records. I remember that. But he was like a some sort of uh, really. Kind of yeah. Oh, damn it! I should have I should have done the research before. No, listen, you've done you've done well, uh, Alan. It's appreciated. Thank you, mate. Excellent first call. Let's go to Ray. Uh, yeah, songs uh, used in chocolate adverts. The banana boat song was used in an advert for Cabana. Um. Well, what was a Cabana? It was caramel, coconut, cherry, and a chocolate. <laughs> 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 Yeah, I'm having it, mate. Cabana. But then, hang on a minute, that means the the Banana Boat song has been used twice, because that was Trio as well, wasn't it? Trio, yeah, it was. Is that the Banana Boat song? Oh, that's Deo. Is is Deo the Banana Boat song? Yeah. See, can can I just just pause you for a second? See, Catherine... We're now having a really interesting... Uh, you're not. Com- you're having a conversation. It's not interesting. We're having an co- interesting it's conversation. It's about stuff you remember off the telly. About m- the evolution of music. No, no. And folk yeah, songs. You're kidding yourself, mate. Oh, a bit racist. What? Banana Boat Song is a classic... Um, uh, go on. It's a classic folk song. From? Calypso. People of Colour. Wow. Thanks, Ray, for your input. It's much appreciated. That was, you've done, you're doing a Ray phoning. Just pointing that out. It's for people of colour. What? This is good. Do you remember the Penguin Cafe Orchestra? What was their one? What was their one? Um, the Harmonium song. Do you remember that? Um, Penguin. He's dead now. Stop asking me if I remember things. This is all right. The, this this last twenty minutes is Ian Lee's reminiscence half hour. His son, his son does it now. I think yes. when it, I used dead. to work in local radio, there used to be uh, an old fella called Eddie Grabham. He was wonderful. Eddie Grabham by the by the no, bones. No, no, no. He was he was a delightful old chap, and he used to do every Christmas. He'd do Eddie Grabham remembers. I'm older than lonely. You remember this? And that's what you're doing. Ian Lee remembers. You remember this? You remember this song though? No, it's not. It's a harmonium. It's called Song for a Found Harmonium. <laughs> I can't taste. Uh, oh. <laughs> What's that noise? So, so far, don't forget you can call in with what ads do you remember? Classic songs used to advertise chocolate bars, specifically chocolate bars, and we've got two for the Banana Boat song, and cast topics. When have you ever been on the wrong bus? I remember this song. When have you ever been on the wrong bus? Can't listen. I can't listen to this song. Can't listen. Reminds me of um, being very naughty. When have you been on the wrong bus? And has someone ever lent you a tenner? Is that it? No. When was the last time someone gave you a tenner? Okay. So same... Well, we can, you know, we can do the easy one of stuff you remember. Okay. If you called, I don't know, uh, Alan or Ray. Andrew. Or Andrew. There we go. Hello. Um, I wasn't on the wrong bus ever, but... I do know a song, Ho, 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 with Magic, which was an aero advert back in the 80s, I think it was. <laughs> sorry, Cass. <laughs> Don't block me. No, I- I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> I tried. I haven't got anything. <laughs> ho, 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 it's Magic. <laughs> no. Never believe it's not so. <laughs> Andrew. What, can I ask you a question? What's that? What adverts do you remember? 
Oh, God, don't. I, I live in Vegas, and I watch American TV, and they're hideous. I switch off whenever I can. Adverts I can remember. Yeah. Oh, God. Tip-top. Um, my, my head is full of, of aero adverts and 54321 at the moment. All right, well, if you think yeah, about it, give us best. a call, and we'll put you straight to the yeah, front of the queue. Yeah, let's do that. Adverts you remember. Yeah, 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 I'm sure I can do that. Thank you, Andrew. Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand. Looking forward to speaking to Andrew again. Hopefully, in a few minutes. Across the UK, online and on DAB. The late night alternative with Ian Lee on Talk Radio. A little bit racist, this ever, but fun. Cabana, Cabana, There we go, it's the Cabana advert um, there. Thank you to Ray for sending us that. We've got plenty of these calls to get through. Um, let me think. Right, yeah. so we've had an Alan, we've had a an Andrew, an Andrew. Yeah. Well, well, David. There we go. Let's go to... Were well, you joking? Well done. Let's go to David. Well. Good evening, David. Evening. Evening, David. What have you got for us tonight? Uh, I got on a wrong bus once. Yes! Okay. All right. Well, that's that's one for Kath, a sympathy well, vote. Away you go, David. Right. I'll keep quiet. You speak to Catherine. Oh, yeah, Kath. Hi, yeah. Tell me about right. your bus story. It sounds great. It is. I uh, got on the bus, asked to go to uh, West Brom. He said, no, this isn't the West Brom bus. I said, oh, sorry, thank you very much, and I got off. Hang on, David. Hang on, David, we've got to stop you there. Sorry, we'll get back to David's story in a second. But do you remember a few minutes ago we were speaking to Andrew? How could I forget? And we asked if Andrew remembered any adverts to call straight back. Andrew's back on the line. Good evening, Andrew. Hello, sir. Um, so, yeah, I was, I was on this bus, and it was a number 27, but it should have been a number... No. no, I can't do it. OK, six aliens sitting around a table on a spaceship, and all I remember is the end went from, like... For mash get smash. Yeah, that, 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 ah, yeah, ah, they were the the like smash. they were like metal zippies, weren't they? Yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Smash advert. Nice one, Andrew. Thank you. Thanks, Andrew. Uh, let's go back to David. Go, sorry, so David. You were supposed to be going to West Bromwich, or you were supposed to not be going to West Bromwich. Which was it? Which was it? I was going to West Bromwich, so I got on the bus and I said, <laughs> West Bromwich, please. And the driver said, I'm sorry, mate, it's the wrong bus. Okay, that's that a is great crazy. Story. Let's go to Paul. Um, Good evening, Paul. Good evening, folks. How you doing? Very ah. well. Oh, here we go. Hang on, got to stop you there. Hang on. You know I'm waiting. Just But what is the chocolate bar? The pure taste of coconut. But while I'm waiting, that bounty is moist, tender coconut. This bounty advert's giving me a stiffing. Drenched in a sea of chocolate. Classic songs used always, to promote chocolate bars. It's always the disappointing one in your selection box, isn't it? No, it's not. Yeah, it oh, I, oh, Jen is saying, let's stick together. Brian Ferry for Twix. Brian Ferry for Twix. I remember that campaign. Uh, sorry, Paul. I hope we've not stolen your thunder there. No, at all, man. Um, I was actually just going to say that I was, I was given £10 today. Yes! And well, hang on. Well, the phone in was, have you ever been lent £10? No, when was the last time you have been given £10? OK, all right, then, go I, on. I was given £10 quick, today, quick, yeah, quick. If you could um, be quick, and, please, because we've got a lot of I calls bought, to get I through bought, and Paul Ross will be in soon. I, I bought a lion bar. Wow, thing. <laughs> <laughs> you make my heart. Yes, man! 
you make everything groovy. <laughs> wow, thing. <laughs> I don't see the I connection. I love you. I don't see the connection. Why did you just start singing? The advert for Wild. Oh, right. no, for sure. Okay. You all right, Paul? Have you got someone there with you? <laughs> yeah. Good, thank you both. Love right. you both. Off love you. you more, mate. Off Call the, of the night. Off your pop, Paul. So, <laughs> oh, bed. I thought I'd cut him off. There we go. He's gone. I can't cut him He's off. Laughing He's laughing to himself. So, let's just tally these up. <clears throat> Five calls for... Classic songs for chocolate bars. All of them heavily medicated. One call for what ads do you remember? Yeah. One call for the wrong bus. Wrong bus. £10. No. He got £10 today and he spent it on a line bar. He was lying to get it into the... He was lying to get... I don't believe he bought a line bar today. I don't... He was... He didn't. He didn't get £10. He was saying there was an advert for line bar and the song was wild. Are you mansplaining a phone call to me? I th- it turns out I have to. Marty! All right, Ian, all right, Kath, how you guys doing? Yeah. Oh, fine. Yes, mate. I just, while I was on hold there, I just thought of a, a chocolate advert that has a classic rock. Oh, song. great! Got to be a chocolate Ooh. bar, Marty. Got to be a chocolate A lot of people are saying Quality Street on um, my Twitter feed, and every one of those simpletons is getting blocked. That's not a chocolate bar. I'm thinking the Cadbury's advert, you know, with the gorilla on the drum in the airs tonight. Yes, man! This is yes. the best phone. We're going to do this. This phone-in is going to roll over tomorrow. Gee. We're going to oh, roll this over, because this is great. Oh, look at this idiot on Twitter. Darren Izzard sending me the Scotch videotape, skeleton re-record, not fade away, re-record, not fail away. Yeah. No, Darren, no! Why no? Because you want... It's an advert he remembers. It fits into one of my categories. No, I thought you were doing pop music that goes with chocolate bars. And also, what adverts do you remember? Oh, I'm blocking him anyway. Remember- <laughs> Marty, are you right? Yeah, they're, they're, I don't know what's going on in my I thought you, I thought you just been attacked. Right, well, <laughs> what else have you got for us? Oh, actually, I was going to ask, you play uh, piano and keyboard, right? Yeah, I do, actually, yeah. I mean... Shut up. Yeah, Shut up. Uh, so I just bought a keyboard, and I was wondering what kind of songs, uh, Beatles songs... Would you recommend that are easy to learn? <laughs> Go on, tell him, Ian. What? I'll tell you the easiest I saw, one. I saw, him on face- I saw him on Facebook one day playing piano. And, and yet you're still cool. asking him for advice. I'll tell you a really good one is... Uh, and it's the, be- the best one to learn on any instrument. I've just seen a face. OK. It, you okay. Learn it on any instrument because it's easy, but it, it, it sounds tricky. OK, cool. I just learned... I've done uh, Let It Be... And yeah. carry that weight so far. Yeah, oh, yeah. He's already better than you. Uh, well, I can do. Um, uh, we're in fact. Hey, hey, we're the Beatles. Oh, shut your face. Um, it, fact, he done a crack. He done a crack in Obladi Obladar. Oh, yeah, I did do Obladi Obladar. Also, this is yeah. me. This can I play like something? Video, this I was this was me on the piano earlier on. Um, this is me today at home. Thank you, Marty. This was me at home. And I just sing around it. Lady Madonna, children at your breast. Oh, no. Let's go to Billy. Good evening, Billy. Hey, you all right, Lee? Yeah. Um... Oh, I didn't... Yeah? Yeah, I'm OK. Oh, what? Can you hear me? Unfortunately. Oh, that's, that's not nice. I just wanted to tell a story about um, getting on the wrong bus. Okay, well, I thought he would be one of yours. Why? Because he called you Lee. Yeah, aye, because he's from Manchester. No, he's not. He's mad for it. Hmm? 
Go on then, Bill. So I got on the bus, and my it was going down, and I realised it was going down the wrong way of the street, so... So I got off the bus, luckily I had my bus pass, so I just crossed over to the other side of the road, got yeah. on the bu- same bus going the other way, yeah. and then got on the right bus. God, so close though. Are you all right? Yeah, it was, you know, it's a bit of, I've got over it now, yeah. Good, good. I mean, the, the important thing is talking about it. Yeah, well, I told all my friends. Good. Billy, can I ask you a question? Sure. What adverts do you remember? Um, I remember those Dorito adverts that where it was a still picture, but the mouth was a video of the mouth moving. Nice one, Billy. Thank you, mate. That I, don't, was, I don't remember that. That last bit, that last 20 seconds was more interesting than the two minutes building up to it. Wow. Um, Pablo can't Bic- let me win, can you? Pablo Picasso was never called an asshole. Do you know that song? No. It's a good one. Evening, Pablo. How do? Yes, what have you got? Um, I've, um, just an advert. Um, song that uh, is, is personally connected uh, geographically to me, so I don't know if it's remembered by everybody. Okay. It's uh, Florida's Orida than Whitley Bay. There's no McEwen's export in the USA, that one. Okay. I don't know why I went to Yorkshire there with that one. Thanks very much indeed. There was. That's what you're going to get. Um, Two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Uh, okay. All right, well, so six calls for songs. Come yeah, in, Paul. Every one of them boring. Six? No, they weren't, actually. Yeah, they were. They weren't, actually, yeah. Catherine. They Watch weren't. got the hazelnut in every bite. Topic, rich cream caramel for your delight. Right. Do you know this gentleman? Unfortunately, <laughs> he's one of my colleagues <laughs> and a very respected <laughs> member of the industry. Come gather round, folks, if you please, and hear what's new from Cadbury's. New country style. But these... <laughs> And for the teenagers, that was in a pink and white gingham wrapper. But no, and it had people doing hillbilly dancing on the advert. But it's not based on a classic song. So no. that, that would have to go into what adverts do you, do you remember? remember? And he certainly uh. remembered it. You remembered it, though. Well, that's, you're sounding less petulant, Kath. I'm totally petulant. <laughs> <laughs> I would also go as far to say although, I'm obstreperous. Although the, the etymology of petulant is petulant from the Latin, which means impudent, which is quite attractive, isn't it? Impudent. Uh, I've been advised of that as well in the past. We've been not in this building, we hope. Hang on a minute. Just one teaching bit of toast. We've we got, got to put them straight. We're the bigs. Here we go. Oh, yeah. Um, adverts that you remember. Well, Terry, we'll carry my two topics over tonight. We'll I did a Weetabix advert when I was about 13, 14. The last advert I did as a kid. And it was, oh. you get a bigger blooming breakfast, a bigger blooming breakfast, a bigger blooming breakfast in your bowl, in your bowl. <laughs> And I'd never had a dancing lesson in my life. Went to the advert, lied completely, and it was the last one I did before I developed spots and pubic hair and had to stop doing adverts, basically. What? But all my brothers did, so we did them as a family quite often. I can't find that on YouTube, otherwise we'd be, we'd be blasting <laughs> that out now! A big... Uh, we filmed it over in East London, where it was a kind of bank holiday Monday or something. I remember I got, uh, I got eight quid for it, and my mum got five quid for chaperoning me. Beautiful. <laughs> big money in those days. That was big no, money. That's good money, yeah, isn't it? Big money. That's all right. But as kids, we've got no repeats, which I still think is a parlous travesty of justice. And did you... How did work with your mum did you get the money or did she put it in a post office for you or were you i mean were you allowed neither to neither no what the happened? money seemed to go into the general family pot which was fine my milk round money didn't nor did my sainsbury's money okay. only fine fair money but the, the other money went into one big pot okay well, then you although think. when i chaperone when i got to about 17 yeah 
and could vaguely sh- I would chaperone the younger ones and I would get that fiver Aye. and I remember spe- quite often they were done in studios around Soho Broadwick Street Berwick Street and I'd be spending kind of rainy October Sunday afternoons wandering around a completely closed as everything closed in London yeah, in yeah. trying to peer through those yellowy windows they used to have to stop the mags fading yeah, so they yeah. could see anything through the side squinty bit of yellow well I remember I'm old enough to remember going to London with my mum and dad in the late 70s and now you've got uh, it still blows my mind you've got Anne Summers in the high street Right, but I remember we kind of walked through bits of London, and you'd see these blacked-out windows and the triple X. Yeah, and it was just like black shop front. I said to my mum and dad, "What's that?" And they said, "Oh, you don't want to know what's in there." But now you're that's just... extra, extra, extra. extra exactly. <laughs> Paul Ross, why is on your show tonight? At one uh, very quickly, we are talking Agatha Christie. She's the biggest-selling female novelist writer of all time, even more than J.K. Rowling. Two billion books, one hundred million copies of Flip one book heck. alone called, and then there were none. It's her birthday this weekend. We're going to Torquay, where they're having an amazing-sounding Agatha Christie weekend. Is she coming on? <laughs> well, we've got Doris Stokes lined up. She's dead as well. So we'll all join hands and hope for the best. Don't be petulant. <laughs> oh, that'd be I good. can't believe somebody offered that as a bit of 360-degree BBC nonsense. Was oh, it yeah. the B- I presume it was the BBC. Of course it was. Of course it was the BBC. Oh, man, they, don't like, they don't like it up them. The evil empire, styling without the death camps. Anything else? We've got ages. Uh, we've got loads on the show tonight. Oh, we're also talking about a new system where chaps got an interesting idea of if you don't want your 9, 10, 11-year-old to have a smartphone... Yeah. Uh, or the school won't allow them, and they're too valuable. But you want to know where they are. Oh. He's got a new watch that's a kind of tracker. Ah. Or even you can put them in insoles of their shoes. You don't, you know, you, you, you obviously let the kid know. So that's quite interesting. And he developed oh. it out of a system they've got in the States for giving watches to people with early onset Alzheimer's or dementia so you can always find out where they are. So yeah. I think it's quite an interesting one. Because we've all, I mean, I've had terrible moments when I remember years ago I took my four daughters my second weekend as a kind of absentee dad with them. I got them for the weekend, took them into the Brixton Woolworths, which used to be massive. Yeah. And they went in and they scattered. It was like kind of mercury on a, on a warm surface. It did, and I couldn't find the youngest one for about eight minutes. Yeah. I had the longest eight minutes of my yeah, life. Yeah. If I'd had a little track on, oh, that would have been great, wouldn't it? Track, beep, 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 we've like every, a Atari. Every parent's had that moment where you've, you you think you, you know exactly where they are and you turn around, oh, my God. Yeah. yeah. And you're calling them. And your stomach sinks. And that panic just... And it, I, I, it's happened to me for, like, three, four minutes. Yeah. And that panic rises. Generally, they're OK. A couple, my youngest gets very upset if he can't find me. and he gets. But generally, it's like yeah. they just sat around the corner it's playing It's a great book. They turned into a film, in different film with William Hurt, called The Accidental Tourist. And there's a line that which says, being a parent means never knowing a day without fear again. And it's so true, yeah, isn't it? I mean, yeah. it's a kind of loving, nurturing feel. Oh, it's scary. Paul Ross is on at one o'clock. And, and, and the usual tosh. There we go. Thank you very much. It's always a good listen. He puts more work into his show than anybody else does on this station. Thank you very much, Catherine. Hey, welcome. Oh, I've, uh, Paul, Paul, let me give you my uh, new CD oh, from God my record you. label, Michael Nesmith Live. It's a good one. I know you're saying you're not on Twitter. I tweeted a great photograph of the lads together going through what's believed to be their first monkey's read-through. Yeah, we go. Yeah, it's lovely. Thank Get you. Get back for on that. Twitter. You love it. Oh, Paul. <laughs> we'll be back tonight at 10. Don't go anywhere, Paul. Paul Ross is up next. Ta-ta!